All right, so we're live. You know what we should talk about? What should we talk about? You know, like when people want to show stuff to each other. Like, okay. for instance, I send you something to listen to. I'm like, yo, this track is dope. Listen to it, uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. And then you send me an entire mix. Everybody wants to be the one sending. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you know no, it's terrible. It's terrible. That? It's really bad. No, I took it. It's more of a sharing thing. It's like, oh, you think that's good? Check. It's like, it, I'm telling you, it's kind of like when my friend was like, oh, you think Shimon Kesson is dope? Check out Mendel Kesson. I think it's like we all want to be cool in some way. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, we all, well, we all want to be the guy with that rare thing that nobody else has. Yeah. But, you know? And then they're like, and then the other person's like, oh, snap, where'd you get this? Right. I, I made it, son. I made yeah. it. I didn't get it nowhere. I, I generated that stuff. If you want to be nice you'd be like don't worry about it all right don't worry about it that's what i told my friend yesterday I, I showed my friend the uh the little chat that i had you know with the with the lady and he's like where what city she live in? i was like don't lady. worry and then i was like don't worry about it he's like i i'm not worried i'm like good when you tell me information about your lady some lady you're talking to then you you get give information get information quick pro quote <laughs> That's like Tony Montana. You know, that's his attitude. You, you give information, you get information. So, so. Don't worry about it. You cockroach. <laughs> don't worry about it. You what do you think he's doing us? A, you think he's doing us a favor? Exactly, man. Don't worry about it, man. Tell you something. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. You know what I'm noticing a pattern in, uh, and I primarily see it like in stand-up comedy. Um, today, well, it's it's it's. It's, it's what I see in stand-up comedy today, which is a CMON for what I see in general. Back, it seems like to me, and correct, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like back in the day, there was an understanding of absolute slash universal truth, you know, that people could agree on, but that people were not so forthcoming with truths in their lives, like personal truths or what they call their truth. Right, they weren't doing the whole truth fanatics kind of thing back in the day. Versus today, it seems like everybody's doing the truth fanatics thing. You know, you see it in stand-up comics talking about like very, not just only personal stuff, but they're talking about very kind of um, stuff that we all see but nobody ever talked about kind of stuff. You know, but as far as universal absolute truth, zero. There's there's no understanding of at all. <laughs> and, I, and I hate to burst your bubble. Uh huh. I really do. Okay. You know, when most of the time when people say that, uh -huh. they're not telling the truth. They want to burst your bubble. Yes. I actually don't. <laughs> you want to, you want to, oh, you do not want to burst my bubble. I do not want to burst your bubble. But so, so why is, so what is happening? Why is that? So, why, so, why has that flipped? So first of all, first of all, uh, there's no one doing truth fanatics. No one. True, but you you know what I mean. Like the, you'll see a comedian, some usually it's like a woman. Yeah, they're, they're gonna she's gonna talk about her uh, her lady her, stuff, her, her, her bloody menstrual cycle. Yeah, and how <laughs> you know, and how and how she's amused how it and how she and how she wanted Trump to yeah participate to. in it because he's apparently a misogynist and Clinton is not. Right. Or, so or so that's not so that's not truth fanatics. That is uh, yeah. that is. I'll tell you what that is. Not just not just them. Like you're talking about, you know, like for example, Mike Tyson sits there and he talks about his whole last thirty years or forty years of like all the in-depth stuff and like 
you know, all these kind of things. So Mike Tyson might actually be like, he's not a comedian. No. And he's, he's closer to someone who... It doesn't have to be comedians, by the way. It could be anybody. Just he's a person who's, who's, who might be trying to tell the truth. Yeah. Out of all people, out of all the podcasts, yeah. Yeah. he might be... He might be closest to truth fanatics you get. He might be, maybe. You know what I mean? Because he's yeah. like, if you're Mike Tyson... Yeah. You have nothing to hide. That's first of all. You don't, you're not, you don't really, first of all, you don't want to hide. You're not nervous around people. Yeah. People nervous around you. Exactly. So, even if, even if, even when Mike Tyson jokes, somebody thinks he's serious and that he's going to like give him know, a fresh it's, one. It's very interesting that you brought this up because we could, it kind of exposes why people aren't truth fanatics. Yeah. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. It is, it's fear. Yeah. Because if you knew, if people knew how liberating it was yeah. to just tell the truth. Yeah. Or, or not just tell the truth, but to let people in on your kind no, of. I'm, what not you... saying, I'm not saying you got to, you know, tell people about, you know, every little detail of, you know, your bathroom habits. I'm not no, saying of course that. Not. I'm just saying that, like, just when, when it's important, you know, when you feel like you want to say something, you feel yeah. that it's important yeah. or you feel judged. Right. That's 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 being that's being scared. Yeah. Like the feeling of being judged is just it just means that you're scared. Yeah. You understand? Anytime somebody confronts you and you and you know nowadays you're like, don't judge me, don't judge me. Yeah. Right. So it's it's sort of like being a wussy, right? Is now yeah. okay. And anything that makes you feel scared, yeah that's to blame every anything that evokes that feeling inside of you is a bully yeah instead of the fact that you're a piece of shit yeah <laughs> i don't mean you you know what i'm yeah. saying I'm yeah about people who who anytime any the slightest feeling of judgment that they feel right all of a sudden they make you into a villain yeah. instead like you can't you can't point anything out yeah Talk yeah. nice, talk nice, say everything yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, That's why, that's why, like, I, you know, there's some, whatever, some girl I know, she does this thing called, like, spiritual thoughts on vulnerable topics. And I asked her, I'm like, why does it, why do these topics have to be vulnerable? And I didn't want to say, like, I feel like Americans think that they're vulnerable. <laughs> the topics. You know, but, uh, I don't know. She said, oh, I'm, I'm confident and strong and I have opinions. But she's like, but people are not comfortable, you know, with these topics in the general population. I'm, and I'm just, and the topics she brings up, these are like, I, I don't, th- I don't understand what's so uncomfortable about these topics. You know what I mean? Can I, can I, I want to offer a possibility. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't explain the whole phenomenon, but maybe a part of it. Yeah. Single motherhood, right? Mm-hmm. I think has a big is a big contributor to this state of mind. Okay. Because again, I can only speak from my own like experiences. So um, ladies, many of the ladies that I've, that I've come in contact with, they, they feel any type of anything that can be interpreted negatively by them, they will. And they'll, they'll, they'll make it feel like it's a judgment of some kind. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then when they grow up and become moms, 
and very often they end up being single moms. Yeah. From my experience, um, they kind of they seem to imbue this state of mind into their ch- into their children, yeah. especially their sons. Yeah. And their sons end up being little fruitcakes. Yeah. Well, this is, this the is reason, something that's the, happening in the black community. You, you, no, I mean that's that's been happening, you know, in 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 all communities where yeah. single motherhood yeah. is promoted, financially yeah. uh, rewarded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like welfare programs. That's essentially yeah. welfare is about destroying families. Oh, of course. Yeah. Removing the father out of the house. Because if you had the father in the house, me and you had a father. So yeah. if somebody said something, you know, to your son, or maybe yeah. even your daughter, right? In yeah. school, right? So yeah. if they would come home and all they got is mom, which yeah. is important, they need mom, right? Mm-hmm. Mom will be like, oh, that's terrible. I hate being judged. Oh, that poor, you know, they'll, they're going to, they're going to, you know, say, oh, that guy's such a bully. Oh, my little, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know how to be a mom. Yeah. But, but, but if you have a dad, he's going to be like, so you know what I mean, like, yeah. and then and then the kid is like, yeah, you're right. So mm-hmm. wait, why am I get upset about you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. I have to have both of those things for a person to be able to function. Yeah. Okay. So I think that um, I would I, I would assume that single motherhood. I haven't looked at the stats in the, this year or the year before, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But I, I assume it didn't get it didn't lower. No, it didn't, it's only it's only getting more. Yeah. it was already epidemic the last time i looked at it yeah. okay so I, I assume it didn't improve uh miraculously no. okay so I, I think that probably has something to do with it yeah. so uh so basically people are sensitive and they lie because they're scared because they're scared of the consequences of telling the truth they're scared of getting knocked like, out by mike tyson like mike social, tyson social getting, consequences proverbial, they, they're scared of getting knocked out by the proverbial mike tyson yeah okay and but mike tyson ain't scared right? yeah, yeah he scared of, nobody he's mike tyson yeah. you know you ever have this thought when you were a kid like i used to be scared i still i'm still scared of a lot of things but when I was a kid, I watched a lot of horror movies, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I shouldn't have been watching them, but I watched them. Okay. Yeah. And I have to say, they, you know, I certainly was affected by it. Yeah. There were two. There were two in particular, and and looking back at it now, it seems ridiculous. But uh, when I was a kid, it seemed like a big deal. So I think it was um, Death Wish three or four. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a whole series. This of, is right? a Charles Bronson, right? Yeah. So there oh, was God. like this. There's like this biker gang, mm-hmm. right? But not like, you know, Harley Davidson's like dirt bikes, you know, like punks, you know, like mm-hmm. 80s punks. Mm-hmm. And the leader of that group, he was just, when I was a kid, he terrified me. He just had this like freaky look. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a really scary dude. Like I was literally scared of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would be scared like that he would come to my house at night. <laughs> you know what I mean? And stab oh, me and stuff like God. that. Huh. Like there's this one scene where he, he takes this, he takes like a, a shiv or a knife and just jams it into this guy's neck like straight. I'm like, holy shit. So, so you know, that guy. Yeah. Okay. And then the other one that scared me was, well, this one's kind of messed up. I don't even like to think about it, but I think I told you Fisher King, you know, the movie Fisher King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The that that night 
that night that he would hallucinate. Mm-hmm. You know, that scary night on the horse with the red armor and all that crazy fire and shit like that. That was terrifying. Anyway, so. <laughs> so that kind of so in the course of dealing with that, <laughs> with these type of fears, right? I was always wondering, I was like, what if I become the monster that hunts them? Well, I mean, they say that, you know, don't become the, uh, while you're hunting monsters, don't become the monster, whatever it is. I'm not saying, I'm just saying this is a thought I had when I was a kid, when I was like, when I was like seven or eight, you know, and I was dealing with these issues. Yeah. So (laughs) like, I'm like, wait a minute, how do I become the monster? So that, that thing is scared of me. Yeah. And I've been kind of thinking about that. I haven't figured it out yet, folks, but I. But I think about it, you know. Yeah. Okay, but, can, but can I go back to the question though? Like, the, but I don't want to be a monster. I don't want. I want to be a monster to the monsters. I think. Yes. I think whoever wrote Dexter stole my idea. I can tell you for sure that whoever wrote Baba Fira stole my idea, because I was doing a character called Baba Fira, Dude, Russian had- babushka, Russian babushka. I was doing that since two thousand nine, man. Dude, I had my my grandma's my grandma was Baba Fira. Her literally Baba Fira. Uh, I mean, my grandmother. we were doing a, me and my friends, we were doing Her a name. character, but yeah, no, I get it. Like, so when Baba Fira came out, I was like, yo, this stuff, this idea probably got around Brooklyn and it got to this guy, Baruch Hashem, and he ran with it, you know? He did a good job. He's funny. I messaged the Yosef guy. I'm like, jokingly, I was like, you guys owe us royalties. <laughs> Bro, but his characters, like, I don't know, people remember Baba Fira, but I think his. You know that his mother and the girl and the Russian girl working at the at the medical office are his best characters by far. Oh, the 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 um, uh, I don't remember her name, but you know, Whatever. not, the, not Tam- Baba Tam- Fira, but... Tam- Tamara, 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 right? Like you know, the yeah. middle aged like mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tamara, and and then uh, yeah, and the medical office, the sister, the, right, the medical right. office sister. <laughs> The, the spoiled the whatever those are Tiffany 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 folks we're saying we're not saying we're saying we're sa- we're not saying Tiffany we're saying Tiffany Tiffany it's like Russian people who wanna who don't want who want to make sure like they have a child who was born in America and they want to make sure that child doesn't get uh, uh, made fun of so they give them an American I name I think that's why my parents call me Frank really. They literally, exactly. you're literally Frank, Frank, Frank. No, 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 Frank. Are you Francis? You're not Francis. You're no. actually Frank. No, they a birth certificate, F R A N K. That's that's hilarious because Frank is like a thing for Francis. It's like There's a, nobody in Russia named Frank at all. There is absolutely there are zero, zero Franks, zero Slavs anywhere yeah. in the Slavic world. The My friends Frank. ask me like, how did Frank get Frank? I'm like, what is he Italian? I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, ask your friend. Only Italians are allowed to be called Frank. That's a. I, I've only met Italians called Frank. I have not many any Russian Jews. Called First of Frank. all, if you're Italian, it's Francisco or, or Francis. Exactly, but they call them Frank. Correct, but like I've I've never met a Russian Jew in my life. Actually, Cheech. Yeah, much less a Frum guy called named Frank. It's just... Actually, um, when I was looking for yeshivas, like when I was I was at Sheepshead Bay High School, mm-hmm. and I wanted to go to yeshiva. Mm-hmm. First place I, I went to was was uh, Tariag. Tariag. Oh, I never Tariag. heard of it. It's a Syrian. It's kind of like, it's a, it's a school for Syrian troubled kids. Oh my God, <laughs> dear Lord. But no, but it was. That, that's a redundant statement. 
No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, you know, for, it, it, in terms of the yeshiva circuit, uh-huh. it, I, may, I don't know, you know, but I, I came from Shifsa Bay High School. I don't know. I wasn't very worried about it, you know? <laughs> so the guy, the rabbi, his name was Rabbi Frank Engelberg. I'm like, oh, another Frank, a rabbi. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Mm-hmm. That Interesting. was an interesting. Interesting. Orthodox guy, you know, when I was talking about some, you know, Rabbi Rebecca or something like that. Yeah. I hear that. Interesting. So, yeah, so no, they call, me Frank, they call me Frank because well, they wanted to name me after my uh, great-grandfather, Froyam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you are from, you're from. Yeah, that's yeah. my real, my Hebrew name. The name of my true self is Ephraim. Yeah, true but self. My true oh, self. wait, so, so on this whole truth fanatics thing, you've been your fake self this entire time. No, Frank is, is not my fake self. Okay, it's just like, uh, I'm also Frank. It You're really a ho- it's a hologram. I don't know. It's not, it's not like, a, it's not a fake name. I also, I, like, I know I'm a Ephraim, but I also feel like Frank. I feel like Ephraim and Frank are somehow two sides of the same coin in terms of names. I don't know why I feel that way. It just feels that way to me. Yeah. So, for, so my grandfather, my great grandfather was Froyam, which is just a Yiddish yeah. way of pronouncing the hebrew Ephraim. yeah okay so that's how that's that's how this happened that's how this happened so please explain this whole i mean it, it's interesting it just seems to me that like when you watch tv back in the 80s and 90s you know we noticed things that we saw on tv they were they were kind of like quirky and like what you know in your head as a kid you're like why why are they doing it like this why are they doing this why are they saying it like this and nobody but nobody ever said anything we just kind of laughed at it at best but at the same time we understood universal truths you know absolute truths we we understood what's good and bad you know who the good guys are who the bad guys are supposedly maybe so before you continue yes yeah. Quirks that you were questioning. Can, do you have an example off the top of your head? I don't know. It's just like it's just stuff you saw in commercials, stuff you saw on shows. You know, I don't know, like uh, people's way of speaking, people's hairstyles. Man, usually, it was like something aesthetic, mannerisms. Uh, you know, the way. You know, again, if you you can go look back on YouTube and you can be like, you could type in literally like weird commercials from the eighties or something like that. And at the time, you're just kind of like, okay, that's just how they did it. As a kid, you're just like, whatever, you know? And like, you're, even your parents didn't really say anything. Maybe my father kind of laughed at it. But like, he would ask me, oh, why, did they, they, why did they do it like this? And I'd be like, I don't know. You know, your father, your immigrant parents always look to like the little kid to explain like, as if the little kid knows, like why, why Madison Avenue came up with this weird thing. I'm like, I don't know. I'm 10 years old. What are you asking me for? He's like. You know, they, they think that you're like the American, you know, so you, you know better than yeah, that. You're supposed to, you're supposed to be, be able to explain America. Or, or like, or like I'm watching baseball. It's like program of VCR. Yeah. You know, it's just like, we came to America three years prior and I'm watching the Mets and my dad's like, I'm like, I don't freaking know. I didn't invent the damn sport. And he's like, you're supposed to know. Why do they do it with this, the glove like this? Why do they do it with the bat like this? I'm like, I, I don't know. Be like, first of all, fathers teach their kids sports. Yeah, yeah, what, exactly. What would you think? I was just automatically well, downloaded by Wi-Fi? Exactly, exactly. No, well, sports that they knew. My father knew hockey. He taught me like yeah. he taught me the concepts of hockey and like history, soccer. He knew basketball. He knew 
but football, American football and baseball, he just, you know, these are like new things for him were at the time. I have a working theory to answer your question. Uh-huh. And this is just to explain 80s mannerisms and 80s, whatever the 80s produced. Yeah. The whole uh, energy, if I had to like use one word to describe 80s, is spastic excitement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Not calculated. People didn't calculate uncalculated what, what they were doing. Right. It was the most exciting. And to this day remains the most exciting, um, hopeful decade in the history of human of, of recorded human history. Yeah. Okay. Not even the fifties were that hopeful. No, no, no. Um, because technology had reached the point where it's comparable. We haven't really, we haven't visibly progressed, folks. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You understand? Like we, yeah. we don't have any kind of except for the except for the internet. Yeah. But okay. even then, that, that stuff was technically around by the army. It was around. The ARPANET yeah. was around in the late 60s. Yeah. So so yeah, if you look at like musical, uh, all the electronic musical instruments, it's just more advanced versions of the same thing that came out in the beginning of the 80s. You know, like the the thing with Quincy Jones. What do they yeah. call that thing? With uh, what's his name? Yeah, uh, and but even but you know what's funny? There's something about like you were recording a mix, right? Yeah. Everything that you were doing was on a screen. Yep. But in the 80s, you had all those things, mm -hmm. but they, they were like physical hardware. Yep. You still, you still have them, but yeah, more people use them. Right. That time. So I, I would put forth mm -hmm. that the physical hardware, which each one of those things on your one computer screen represent, like the actual real object itself is far superior. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I agree. Dude, turntables? <laughs> okay. So I don't know what the explanation for that is according to like physics. Perhaps reverberation. Perhaps yeah. uh, I, I don't I don't know. You know, like you have a physical object and it's no, making a real no when it when it's when you're it's it's almost like the same principle. I remember like when I traded stocks, they used to tell us the closer you are, you know, the closer your building is to the exchange, the better your the the, the faster your you know trading execution is. Same thing with the the more directly plugged in your whatever hardware you're using is to let's say the speaker or the receiver, the better the sound is gonna be. You know what I mean? As opposed to like some digital thing in my computer cranking something out from like an MP3. You know, it's a, it's a totally different... I know. I, I, so it feels like it feels like there was a... Uh, Almost a downgrade. I mean, if not all, it, right. I mean, it, it doesn't feel like technology got any better no. or more convenient. Well, convenient part... It, actually, I'll tell you the one convenient part. It used to be, for example... That you had to carry crates of records and now you have this thing called serato where you just you have a you have a piece of vinyl but then whatever you have digitally in your computer is transposed on via some kind of tech onto vinyl so you kind of get that same vinyl feel but it but the origination is from an mp3 so you don't have to carry around you know you just carry on this key for your entire collection of basically vinyl so 
so let me instead of schlepping let me rephrase like what i what i meant yeah so no one can uh, no one could actually uh argue that there hasn't been like advancements okay yeah but i noticed that the only people who can really appreciate the advancements yeah are like techie type of people meaning like there's subtle there's subtle advancements yeah yeah yeah. It's saying like you can't. What I'm saying is, it doesn't look like, like, the actual world itself. Like yeah. you know the the when you look at a cityscape, right? Mm-hmm. Or the way the way, like you know, a major metropolitan area operates with with highways and and expressways and yeah. bus routes, and it doesn't. It's still the same setup. Do you understand? Like the world itself hasn't made any noticeable leaps yeah that's true. since that time yeah okay it's like it's stalled and it's yeah. gotten worse yeah true okay um because well I, I i would argue it was because politics came in yeah. and slowed down all progress mm-hmm. on, on purpose when i say yeah. politics i mean t- the citra Akra. yeah yeah, of course. The, exa- the example I always give is um, it's, it's, it should be already an old idea, but it would be mad futuristic if they if they implemented it now. Okay, it's called Skytran. Yeah. Okay, you have you can outfit an entire city for like a couple of billion dollars, like like a third of the cost of any of any new highway. Yeah. Okay. It's, instead of instead of not letting people go in cross streets like Bloomberg and charge them or whatever. And charge them uh, money to go into certain parts of Manhattan on their car. Yeah, you have a you know? pod. You yeah. have a pod, which it, it's a it's it's like people know it's it's kind of like a maglev train. Yeah, but it, it does it it kind of hangs yeah. from the track. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the same idea, and it's a single pod. Yeah. Okay, and you don't have to rip up any infrastructure in the city. In yeah. order to 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 build it, because mm-hmm. like you could just replace a couple of light poles. Yeah, you won't even have to. Re- you could literally create poles for the track. You yeah. could attach a light to well, the pole. Well, it's, well, still, the co- it's still it still serves the same purpose. Well, isn't the concern that this thing? You know, I, I'm looking at these things now. Isn't the concern that these things will detach by accident or some kind of sabotage and just fall? You know, nobody wants to be in one of those things when that thing just comes crashing down. You know what I mean? Um. Well. Okay. I don't. I don't think that's an issue. I'm not qualified to explain why. I mean, okay. based on all the stuff that I've seen, I, it, it seems very, very unlikely that such a thing would happen. Yeah. Even less likely than 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 a you know than uh, I'm not going to say a conventional car accident, but something that unfortunately happens all too often. Yeah. True. Okay. Um, and so and there's also a way to even make these things, and I I I throw open my mouth a little bit when I say this carbon neutral. Yeah, we we want to, We'll talk about that. <laughs> Maybe a little later, right? Yeah. Okay. So that would have been that is something that should have been installed uh, twenty five years ago. Yeah. But many things interfered with it. Okay. So what's the point of of installing this system, Skytran? Um, it creates a situation where you create dimensions. Yeah. In travel. Meaning everybody yep. is everybody's traveling essentially on a two-dimensional like, yeah. plane. We're we're like okay. those we're like those beings in uh you know uh, what's his name, 
Flatland. Yeah, the Flatlanders, the 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 Carl Sagan, you know. Yeah, on the piece well, of he, paper. Well, he he spoke about it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, um, I wish I could remember who wrote Flat Flatland, but that's mm. later. So the point is that, um, you could have had a, a relatively cheap system which would have freed up traffic. It actually, it it works so well because they've had test areas. They've done it. You know, it, yeah. it really proved they really proved the concept. Yeah. Um, that people would have completely preferred, like. It would even be possible to own your own pod in the sand. Like you can connect to this traveling grid within the city. Yeah. Okay. That would actually free up the, you know, the, the street level in most parts of the city where it could be, you know, pedestrian fr friendly, you know, it could create all sorts of new like experiences and stuff like that. You know, like uh, anybody, for instance, like in Miami, you have Lincoln road. Yeah. That's like an entire street where there's no cars allowed and just yep. people Seven, 17 cars. street. Yeah. Right. So you can have like entire sections of the city that, you know, whatever, there's a lot of benefits to it. Okay. So yeah. that is something that should be old news by now, but we've been stalled. We've been stalled yeah. by, by the Sitra Akra. Yeah. Okay. So we're not going to get into why I think we've spoken about that a bunch of times, but but that's just one example. So the 80s was the peak of excitement because that's when all this stuff really arrived. Like you could have technically had Skytran in the 80s too. Like that would have been like really pushing it. You know what I mean? Like with no, if we didn't have any obstacles like, whatsoever, there's no like politicians. There's no, nobody who yeah. wants to protect. We, we, we could have had, we could have had Blade Runner. <laughs> well, I don't know if you want Blade Runner, bro. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like the, like, like that kind of you're saying like that kind of technology like we could have been you know we could have been exploring uh distant uh star systems you're saying yeah i've seen things yeah attack see ships on fire cb vangelis is the man you know the guy that wrote the soundtrack yeah, for that? yeah. and and for 1492 conquest of paradise dude that Amazing. That, scene, Amazing. that scene that scene affected me yeah you know yeah things you wouldn't believe Attack I've seen things you people you should play it play the here, scene here, here, here. for the folks at home this is a this is like the concluding scene of Blade Runner where uh, Harrison Ford that douche is yeah. uh, battling with Rutger Hauer who's yeah. playing the villain Roy his name is Roy his name's Roy but then you realize maybe he's not such a villain yeah exactly Let's see if it's if it's just the. Uh... Oh, this is just like when he's hanging on. Hold on. I typed in my dad. Oh, this is an ad playing. <laughs> I was like, wait, that doesn't sound like Rutger. Roy wait, wait, Rutger, Rutger Howard passed away. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he play that guy who was uh, Victor Maitland in uh, Beverly Hills Cop? Whatever. Nope. 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 I can see. Why, I can see why. Yeah. You would say that. Hold on. A <laughs> Rutger, Rutger Howard played the most terrifying villain in horror movies mm. in the hitcher i never saw that no, let, me, let me let me play this and then we'll, uh... <laughs> oh, he saves him yeah, let's go to that part where he's talking He's like talking to Harrison Ford now. Yeah. 
after saving him. Yeah. He's a droid, right? He's a he's a what's it called? He's not a, he's not a droid. He's a he's an he's a replicant, whatever it's called. A replicant. He's a he's a person. He's like a human being, like a clone, but with AI enhanced with AI, like crazy. Yeah. It's funny, he has like a pigeon on him. Huh. Yeah. Like a pet pigeon. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. At the shoulder of Orion. Huh. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the 10 hours a game. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain. So crazy, man. Time to die. Time to die. Like time for him to die. Yeah. Just shuts down. Yeah. So, so all they really wanted in the movie, all these replicants really wanted was uh, to have their lives extended. They wanted to live lives. They knew they knew how long they were pro- they were essentially um, engineered to live. Mm-hmm. You know, but they're people, right? So yeah. they were causing a lot of trouble, but. Um, but he's wrong. I'm glad. I mean, it, it's a very beautiful uh, moment, very poignant, because it tells you how you know he expressed how a person like that uh, would feel. But I'm happy to report that he's wrong. Mm-hmm. All of those moments will never be lost. Yeah. Okay. Um, listen, if you're if you're into Nietzsche, yeah. then, then, then that's how you see the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but 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 uh you know we're not i'm not mm-hmm. and you know what nietzsche isn't either <laughs> god nietzsche is dead signed god yeah but nietzsche <laughs> nietzsche still you know he's still nobody who's ever lived is dead that's true like they're literally I'm not talking about some kind of wishy-washy, oh, they, they live on in our memories. No, I'm yeah. not talking about I'm talking about they're literally alive. Yeah, I know. In a, di- in a different dimension. Yeah. In a different form, some kind of different experience, but they're definitely yeah. alive. And they, they're more themselves yeah. now than they were when they're here. Of course. They don't have to hide in it. Speaking of hiding, speaking of... They can't hide. Being, being scared, speaking of... There's no fear. There's no fear. There's no... There's no obstruction because... Yeah, it's only you know, MS... I was reading, uh, there's a book uh, by Rabbi Dove Bear Pinson. It's called Life After Life. Yeah. So that's a good, you know, that's a good place to, uh, where he, where he discusses the Torah tradition about what life is like in the, mm-hmm. you know, in the next, in the next stage. Mm-hmm. So here we don't have access to our entire consciousness, which we call a soul. Okay. We have access to a narrow ribbon of it, which we call the nefesh, not even in the entire nefesh. And our brain serves as a filter to consciousness. Okay, 
what you might have learned in school is that the brain produces consciousness, which is ridiculous. Nobody's ever nobody's ever proven that. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's even ever tried to prove that. Yeah, they ju they just they just say things. They just they just <laughs> exactly. Okay? So and and there's actually a lot more evidence now pu published published scientific academic that that's not the case that consciousness is non-local but separate topic. Okay. Yeah. So so when we are not uh, limited by the brain, when the brain is not functioning as a filter anymore, when it's not functioning. Yeah. And we're we're not in this body, we're in the in the next stage. We have access to every single bit of information that our eyes and that our senses have ever collected. Because the brain is not the storage for all of our memories and all of our experiences and everything that we've seen and heard and and thought. That all that all that information is stored in our in our consciousness which is which is non-local and you have access to it unobstructed for the first time when you're outside of the body the whole thing and it's what that means is like this when a person goes through their day and they look they look around and they and they hear things your brain filters out all the stuff that's there that it thinks you don't need for daily functioning which means there could be the majority of things around you you don't see because your brain is filtering it out. Or, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's, it's not allowing you to focus on certain details that you don't, that you don't need to, okay? But yeah. when you are, it's not like a camera. Like our eyes are not, that doesn't function like a camera. Like a camera will pick up everything yeah. in, its, in its view. Like you can study the tape and start looking at all the details. Yeah. And you could see like millions of details that you would never have noticed just just trying to look at the actual image with your own eyes, not the image, but the, whatever it is that the, that the that the camera was was focused on. Yeah. Right. Like it took a picture of a vase on a table in a room. Right. So the, the, ca the camera is going to pick up ev essentially everything that's there or almost everything that's there. OK, much more than your eyes. Even, even if you try to concentrate on the details, okay? So that's what it's like to some extent in the next world. In fact, it's much more. So that's the place where you actually really get to be yourself because what, because what is you? And this is yeah. all coming from the, from the book, uh, from, the, from the Torah tradition. You are a soul, which is, a piece of God somehow, whatever that means. Okay. Yeah. Um, in essence, with experiences and memories imprinted upon it. Yeah. So you don't even really get to experience all basically, it's almost like this. Think about this. You know, like you ever go uh, picking blueberries? Your mom ever take you to go pick blueberries? Yeah. yeah. So, so this life is like going to the field to pick the berries. Yeah. But when do you actually go and eat them and experience them? Not in, not in this life. Because as time goes on, your brain 
if you're because we're relying on our brains this kind of like you know you know to have some kind of memory but the yeah. brain actually distorts memories the the, the complete reality I, I was i was gonna say you know how do we explain the whole alzheimer's thing is it a spiritual issue is it a, just a mechanical issue you know it's probably it's probably it's, a, it's a, i would assume well everything has is spiritual and, in origin. And, and why would somebody get this horrible I don't want to, I'm not going to use the word punishment, but it's, it's really a horrible thing. Not only for the person who gets it, but for the family members, you know. It's just like a slow shutdown. That's far beyond. A slow, a slow erasure of the hard drive. And uh, yeah, it's really the worst. I, I can't imagine anything worse than that, at least on this plane of existence. That goes into the whole, you know, area of thought where why does stuff happen? Why does this thing happen to this person? I, I, try, I, I have an aversion to it. I don't, I also, I also, I also do. I don't want to, um, I don't, I don't ever want to think why this thing happens to this person. That thing happens. But, speci I, but specifically this ailment, it just seems like a shem, you know, and, and it doesn't even matter if the person is like, you know, it was like, evil or good up until it happens it, it's just something unless it's something from like mamash satan i don't know it could be something like in our food or in, in our chemicals i don't know but it, it really is guys nothing comes from satan nothing no i, I understand i'm just saying like it, it just seems like out of all the things even like a car accident i could, I could understand a shem as much as you know, it's painful to hear it about about it, whatever. Lolenu, you know, but but it, but there's you know, this thing called Alzheimer's, dementia, and everything that goes with it, all the dynamics that go with it. it it's 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 just cruelty. It's mamish cruelty. Whether Hashem is doing it actively or whether Hashem is allowing it to happen, I don't know. But it's it's some sort of I don't know. It you know it's one of the things that that you know I have a lot of trouble with in my in my whatever whatever you want to call it relationship with em, em, emuna. No, it's not emuna. Not okay, it's not. So what is like, it? I know. Here's what emuna is: that God is going to get what He wants. That the world is going to end up exactly the way God said it's going to be that God, that it's all we know God wins yeah 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 I know I know I'm not I have no I don't have any there's no challenges in my heart or in my mind to that do you understand like yeah. I have zero worries that that's going to be the case yeah okay I got plenty of amuna when it comes to God's in charge God's real God's gonna win yeah 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 I know I know I know yeah. okay um my my I guess I don't know what it is. I call it an issue, my heartbreak, my my major malfunction mm -hmm. is that like for instance, you hear stories like, oh, you know, th this needs to be rectified or or this lesson has to be learned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, it kind of makes sense to a certain extent, right? Like uh you have a guy, he uh he was mean to his sister. Yeah. Okay. And then somebody was mean to him. Lesson learned. Okay. 
or something within the realm of that guy's experience in the course of his life or her life. Okay. But then you have stuff that happens, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like stuff that happens to, 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 to children, um, to little animals and, and all this kind of stuff Uh, that doesn't fit into, into the model, right. That we were taught when we were just getting introduced to these concepts, like, you know, that it's Mida Keneged Mida, that, you know, it's all being done to teach us stuff. We're all being here. So what is the cat learning? What's the little baby learning? The little baby doesn't even know, hasn't even spoken its first word yet. Right. What, what, why does, so, so then they'll tell you, oh, well, it's multi, you know, it's, it it goes through multiple lives. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that's where, that's where it kind of breaks down for me. Not because it's not true, but because Mm. I don't feel like I have a connection to it anymore. A conscious one. I don't feel like, I don't feel like a real cast member of this story if you want to use that as a, I feel like a prop. You understand? Like, this isn't like, like the narrator, if you're hearing a narrator, like in the movie, right? Yeah. Doesn't feel like he's talking to me. I feel like a movie prop. I feel like it doesn't matter how I feel about it. You understand? I don't know if I'm explaining this correctly. No, it makes sense. Okay. And, and 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 then I'm supposed to be grateful to be a prop. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, you get to be a tissue that the, that the main yeah. character blows his nose with. Yeah. Oh, hooray. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm so grateful. Yes, I would rather have not been created than yeah. be than become a tissue for somebody to blow their nose on. Yeah. I'm not going to be grateful for that. I'm not. Okay. So. So listen. You know what I mean? Like I. Uh, that's. For me, at least, problematic. For others, I don't know. It's your problem. I wish you the best, you know, yeah. in dealing with it. But yeah. uh, but back to the 80s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so so the thing is like this. Uh, the 80s was the, was kind of like uh, technology had reached a certain, can I say fever pitch? You know what? Let me look that up. Yeah. I don't feel like that's the right expression. Fever pitch. I know that was a dumb movie with What's-His-Face. Yeah. It means... Oh my God! Okay, fever pitch definition. Fever pitch, a statement of extreme excitement. A state of extreme excitement. Yeah, I guess that's not that's not too far off from what I meant. You know? Yeah. It, it technology was accelerating, yeah. and new things were showing up that had literally never been seen before. Like technology, like big machines and stuff that no one had ever even could have me- could have imagined, yeah. right? That basically peaked in the 80s, okay? And once, and, and people had this like expectation of what this was all gonna lead to, right? Like it was gonna continue, right? So, but it didn't, it stopped, okay? It, it went the other way, seemingly. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, as, as, as like, you know, just a, like a regular civilian can recognize. You know what I mean? Like, did did the buildings get bigger, no. more fancier? No, you know how everybody how everybody's saying, you know, we were supposed to have flying cars by now. Flying cars. You know that different. you know that thing, Conan O'Brien. In the year two thousand. Yeah, yeah. You know that kind of stuff. What happened to that? We don't have anything. All we have is like we have this Facebook crap, and we have social media that we're fighting on, slap fighting each other on, getting upset. 
Uh, I think most else? people mo- most people understood that we were stalled. Yeah, and everybody has a small com- everybody has a small computer walking around and looking at it all the freaking time. Yeah, this is this is the more advanced as it gets, and we can do banking. Ooh, to do banking and yeah. send money. Ooh, what? right. When I say most people realize it got stalled, I mean me, and I mean yeah. it was the year 2015 yeah. when I realized there's no fucking hoverboards coming. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Back to the Future Two promised us hoverboards, folks. Yeah. Okay, and there was no hoverboards. Okay, so you, you began to understand that something is wrong, something is stalled. Okay, yeah. we're we're trapped in some kind of like we're we're in a some kind of prison, some kind of time bubble. Yeah. Where. Yeah. It, it's awful. It's a terrible, horrible thing. It's, that like, a, it's like a technological technological purgatory. If that makes it any does, sense. Right, it's some kind of uh, quarantine where we've been, we've been given like a little candy. Here, Peter, play with this. Your phone. <laughs> Remember the, the whatever that Family Guy episode where like Peter comes into the volcano insurance salesman with his yeah. accountant, and then and then Peter just says something, and then and then his accountant's like, "Here, Peter, play with this." And it's like a yo-yo. <laughs> Here, Peter, play with this. Well, you know, well, I try to talk to this guy. Yeah, let the adults talk. So he, yeah, so he doesn't like rip you off more. Yeah, that's pretty much what they gave us. Okay, what they did was they used technology, right, to not to help mankind become smarter, become better, you know, somehow with more skills, with more access to knowledge, right? They used it the way that Democrats or communists use laws. Yeah. And new government offices as as weapons, as weapons. They overcomplicated the language, yeah. Okay, to essentially intimidate the average person away from understanding it. Yeah. Technology itself has the potential to help explain itself to people. Yeah. No, no attempt was made to do that. Only to further complicate it. Yeah, the only people who who understand it deeply are like IT guys, people who are interested in this kind of stuff in the in the code, like you know the wiring behind it. And if you're not, you're just like a schmuck. And those are the the, the same people, by the way, that you just yeah. described are the same yeah. people that wouldn't mind too much if uh, if the globalists, if the, yep. if the if the World Economic Forum mm-hmm. uh, succeeded. And they're the same people that hacked into machines a couple of years ago. With IPs. And by the way, Mr. Lindell still has them. At least he claims he has them. Nobody believes him. Okay. We'll see about that. Anyway, go on. Okay. So that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were we were doing well. Okay. You can let's say you can um can I can I say one thing before you go on? The only thing I think that was a marked quote unquote improvement was the fact that any person today, like you and I right now, we have our own radio station slash television station. Do we? With I'm saying with the most basic, basic, basic stuff, you know, you can just start from zero and become, you know, if you really, if you really figure out, I don't mean the literal algorithm, I'm talking about the figurative one and the literal actually also. If you somehow manage to figure out, you know, most people who are not like us, who don't get like shadow banned and, and, uh, uh, you know, these community, these strikes, they, they, you know, they figure out a way. 
how Dude, to become. You can, you can argue that. I can argue the opposite. You know why? Okay. Okay. Because it's all it's all fluff. It's all crap. The, the stuff that comes out. <laughs> well, I'm just talking about us. Let's say okay. let's use us as, a, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, we we can you know start a channel right, yeah. and we can get a cup you know some equipment and begin broadcasting, yeah. but the the message itself, like the actual product that we produce, mm-hmm. right, has right. much less possibility of making it to who we want to make it yeah. because because the control over yeah. techn- over information has gotten yeah. so much more sophisticated. It's, cent- it's centralized and sophisticated, yeah. Okay, so yeah. they, they can come up, they've pro- they probably have algorithms that could literally sabotage anything. Yeah that has our name or anything that recognizes our voice yeah. no one and they, yeah. and furthermore it could make us think that it is getting out to people for sure people are actually listening like to fake know? like fake views but no in yeah, reality fake nobody's views watching. or bots you know yeah. like oh yeah, you know yeah, bots yeah. like they're responding to yeah. your, your to your you know to your yeah. video oh great yeah. we loved it you know yeah like for instance alexander maybe you're a bot I'm yeah, maybe Alexander's maybe, a bot. i know you're not a bot thank you gentlemen so much yeah it's like the same <laughs> No, our no. friend, our friend, our friend Lowell writes the same one word on every video. Fascinating. Fascinating. And, and he's not a bot. He's just a person who likes to write. <laughs> but a bot can easily uh, mimic that. Yeah, of course. Right? So so in the past, even though we, we it may have been more difficult to actually get the equipment and to begin broadcasting, let's say on radio. Right. Yeah. But but we had somehow there was less control like we, we could have found it would have been an easier way to find a pathway into that realm because there was less centralized control you know you could actually talk to people you know you'll talk to this guy you'll talk to some old guy smoking a cigar you know like one of those old school like like radio uh station owners or something like that you know and he's like all right kid i'll give you a chance you know that kind of thing yeah that fat guy with the cigar doesn't exist anymore folks yeah okay now it's a little faggot with a you know yeah. with a latte you know who already assessed you from head to toe okay yeah. <laughs> by the way that by the way you use your pronouns yeah you know what frank zappa said no um he was saying that when he and all of these amazing acts that we love from the 60s all the way to the 80s right all of those acts those pop the rock all that stuff that came out from that time it was amazing because the guys who were responsible for producing these acts, right, yeah. and showcasing them, whether you know in some venue or a station or a radio station, okay, mm-hmm. they were all these business suit guys with cigars, you know, these old school guys, you know, like the mm-hmm. like Mad Men, yeah, those guys, you know, yeah. with, the, yeah. with the gel yeah. in their hair, with yeah. the you know, with the whiskey, everything. Yep. Yep. Those guys had more had more of an instinct for creativity and who to give a chance to yeah. than than the supposed liberals, the hippies, the, the ones yeah. who were supposed to be open minded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Look what they've produced. Look at the shit that we have now. Garbage. It's garbage. It's abject garbage. They think it's good. You so know, when you look when you look right at uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, on the Rotten Tomatoes, it'll it'll say, you know, the, the those types of people liked whatever movie or, or show. And then people like us hated it. 
It's literally the opposite for most of these programs. You know, the critics love it and we hate it. Dude, you know, we... Vice versa. Absolutely, man. You know, the, um, I just heard the song the other day. Um, it's called uh, Words. Mm-hmm. The name of the band is Missing Persons. And the lead singer, cute little smokestack from the 80s, um, Dale Basio. Can you, can you play it for a moment? Uh, hold on one second, man. Uh... This, is a, this is a band that actually was put together and guided by Frank Zappa. Uh, missing persons what uh what's the name of the song words you know this song everybody knows this song it's just like oh only words no oh i thought it was oh no no no, no. this is it, it's really weird but it's very sophisticated if you listen to it it's i really never weird. there's two copies that were posted um it's really strange oh it's ad playing all right it's like it looks like a chick the chick looks like uh jackie harry Dude, I gotta get my grill done. I'm have I'm start I'm lisping worse than ever. Like I, I sound like Daffy. Seriously. Oh really? So this is 1981. Yep. Listen, listen to the song. Listen to the song. Oh, this thing. Okay. Do you care? Actually, I'm starting to remember the video. Maybe you shouldn't be watching it. Yeah, she has like kind of fake. Uh, you know. No, there's nothing fake on her. No, the the the. Well, it kind of looks like the chest. Yeah, I know, but it's not. Remember, this is 81. Yeah. Okay, so this song, I mean, I can't hear it very well, so I can't imagine the folks at home here. I just don't want to blast it. Yeah, yeah, no, I got you. So that song is sophisticated on on many levels. Yeah. Like, first of all, we're, we're talking about the lyrics. Yeah. But we're also talking about the way she delivers. Yeah. Her voice yeah. is, I mean, she's not just talking. I mean, there's, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, folks. You got to, you got to like, you got to listen to it a couple of times. And then the musicianship, <laughs> the actual band. God bless you. Okay. It's, and, and the sound is very unique. Yeah. Right. So anyway. We had like, you know, that, that was the 80s too. A lot of things peaked in the 80s in terms of like technology, creativity, um, just general excitement and also Coke. <laughs> oh my God. I don't think Coke did not cause the spastic excitement of the 80s, but it was a compliment to it. Was it. Part, it was part and parcel. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it probably overall didn't help, you know, in terms of like, you know how we went the other way after the 80s, right? We, you know, we took a downturn with, with the whole energy of like, I call it the Nirvana energy. You know, like the Seattle grunge rock. The sadness kicked in. The, <clears throat> the coke wore off and the sadness kicked in. That's what happened, folks. Yeah. One second, sir. Let me just write to, uh, I just told you that I warned you that this would happen. Uh, oh. That's the... Uh, uh, Basic, for the folks at home, basically, Greg is uh, he's big timing me right now. Yeah, keep in mind that we must have requested it. You know what I mean? He's yeah. big timing me. He has, he has a real job. I'm, I'm doing quotation marks with my fingers. He has a real job. 
And just because people's livelihoods depend on what he says and what he thinks yeah. he's a, you know, more important. Well, our, our livelihoods, actually. My livelihood? God. I, I just say, you oh. know, my mother has a phrase, I hate stupid people. That's the phrase that comes to mind right now. You know what that reminds me of? Mean, pe- mean people suck. Yeah. No, they're not mean. They're just kind of like, no, there's a, there's a t-shirt that yeah, says, yeah, yeah. It's like you ask somebody to do something, right? They do it wrong. And then you tell them, do it. A diff- can you do it the right way? And they're like, okay, but there'll be a charge for that. But I asked you three times to, like, I asked you in th- on three different occasions to do it a certain way and you didn't do it. And you did it your way. And then, and now you're going to do it my way and you're going to charge me to do it. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just astounding, man. It's just astounding. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. <coughs> Whatever. The wine business, man. If anybody asks me, how can I get into the buying business? I say, uh, my answer will be, don't. You know, you know that... don't. Don't do it. Let's transcend the wine business for a moment. Yes. Let's talk about Weekend at Bernie's. There's one scene. There's one scene in Weekend at Bernie's, where uh, Bernie is still alive, mm-hmm. right? Early on in the movie, he 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 goes ahead of everybody to his house in the Hamptons, mm-hmm. right? When he he comes to his house, and he notices that someone is uh, there's like this area under the house. It's like a door where there's like kind of like a utility shed, but it's just under the house because it's a beach house, so it's kind of on stilts. And then there's room underneath the house. So he notices that somebody was there. Mm-hmm. And he sees somebody sleeping there, kind of camped out. And it's the repair guy, right? Mm-hmm. Who was supposed to do some service for him. And, and he's like, hey, what are you doing here? You bum. And the guy's like, oh, you still owe me 90. He goes, yeah, you didn't do this right. You didn't do that right. And he's like, get out of here, you bum. And as the guy is like leaving, he's kicking him in the ass. He's like, beat it. You know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. That existed in the 80s too. Yeah. You understand that like what you're telling right now right in the 80s so you would be kicking somebody because, in the ass. because you should see the way they palletize their wine they look like it's something you know you would think today they would have machines it looks like they're in the freaking 80s these guys or maybe their brains are i don't know where no what i'm saying is there was still there's something called accountability that still existed yeah. oh yeah 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 now there, like you could still get chewed out for doing a bad job in the 80s yeah now there is none there is none there is none. They showed me a picture of what they did. I'm like, guys, I asked you to do uniform size rectangular pallets of however you can do it. I'm assuming they've done this many, many, many times. In the words of uh, Commandant Lazard, many, many times. But what do they do? They make pyramids. They literally built pyramids on pallets. And I'm like, and they're like, okay, this is six pallets. I'm like, no, some of them are half pallets. And we're going to get, get charged for them as full pallets, you schmucks. Are you working with union guys? The key guys? Union, union. I don't guys. know what they are. It's a warehouse in Edison, New Jersey. And if they eat dinner, you call it dinner for schmucks because they're a bunch of schmucks. It's just, oh, God. I, I, I really, and like they show me the picture and I'm just like looking at this. I'm like, some of it's like, looks like it was, I don't know, it just like looks like it was, who put this together? Like, like blind ancient Egyptians? I, I don't know. I think they were trying to build the pyramids and failed. 
<laughs> like it's just see even that like you know back in that's the good. day that, at that that's time good, they built the pyramids with precision technology very very good greg very and good. today we're in 2022 they, they tried to build pyramids with our, with our wine boxes and and failed if i show you these pictures dude you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna plot dude your mom is gonna plot you're gonna like you're gonna be like how much can you see you're gonna see you're gonna say can i see proof of their high school diploma can i can i turn in my jew card if i don't know what plots is I've heard this word my entire life. I have like no idea. Like fall down, uh, lose Pots your means to fall. Okay, okay. Like, 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 I don't know. It's just, I'm what, sorry. What, what did Mike, what kind of Yiddish did Mike Myers use? He's uh, Vaklemt. I got to look at my connected zone. I'm going Vaklemt. Yeah, right now I'm Vaklemt over this. I'm really Vaklemt. <laughs> Dude, you got, you, uh, you know what? I'm going to download these and send these to you in, in sequence so you could see like, what they've done. It's just literally like it, it, if a guy just woke, woke up and was like, okay, you know, imagine like he's playing with, it's like, imagine like a guy playing with Legos and he just puts them together. No rhyme or reason. Just, just. Can you send them uh, on, fa- like on, Facebook, uh, on Facebook on Messenger? WhatsApp? Facebook Hold Messenger? Hold on. Yeah, I'll do that. It's just like, here. Here, here. Uh, uh, no, pictures, photos. Let me just find them. There. What would you say to people if you asked them to palletize boxes and they did it like this? Let me know if you get them. Well, I'm waiting. I send them to you. They're right there. (laughs) And I worked in a warehouse. Look at them in sequence. Look at them and like in and and. And tell me what and tell me what you want to do to the people who did this. So hold on, you sent me one. I sent you six six photos. Okay, hold on. Some of them have the same types of you know the same winery boxes. Some of them have different winery. Like well, they're not. I wouldn't say they're pyramidized. They're basically they're they're not pyramidized, but like just look at look at them. Like go through the sequence and and tell me if you even see if they're even remotely consistent i don't know just look look at the sequence it Go doesn't seem, no there's no consistency yeah no it's not it's obviously i mean they could say all your boxes are different but again like these people have experience palletizing the boxes by the way don't look different they look about the same no no some of the boxes are actually six bottle boxes that have six bottles some of the boxes are actually bottles that are uh, uh, 12 and 750 like regular size and then there are other boxes you'll see that are thinner with the, they have 375 ml bottles 12 by 12 by 375 ml 12 by 750 and then we have a six by 750 but again we literally wrote to them this is how many this how many bottles this is what it should come out to and anything extra we will just pick up hey you know in the spirit of this discussion like three times can you look up something on youtube look up daryl hammond german wife let me see if something happens you sound like Daryl Hammond's German wife right now. I told you to do it this way, yeah. Yeah. Dar- oh, Daryl Hammond's Daryl Hammond's German wife. I mean, there's Gotham uh, German. Hold on. I don't. German wife. There's Southern women cussing. Hang on. I don't. I don't see anything. Okay, so he had this Comedy Central special, and I actually have it. 
Okay. But you don't. Uh, Does Daryl Hammond impersonates Al Sharpton? This is a, this should be funny. No, 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 no. Please don't. <laughs> please don't. I'm not ready for Al. I'm not ready for Al. Not today. All right. There's <laughs> the, there's there's Daryl Hammond doing Donald Trump uh, the Apprentice Halloween promo on SNL. No, no, he he was doing amazing with Donald Trump. But hold on, let me see if he I actually get... like Donald Trump. I want to. Yeah, he actually he actually Bill Clinton. Liked... Bill Clinton is his best one. His best Bill Clinton. Uh, oh yeah, no, he's he really caught. Clinton and Kosovo with the uh... yeah, um, he really caught the essence of Clinton, I believe. I, I just, I, I, dude, I'm sorry, I'm like I'm like just I'm just flabbergasted at the stupidity, and now, like the, the what we're gonna pay them now to redo this is what we were trying to save because we because we were trying to have less pallets. We're not, so basically we're just we've we've gone nowhere, like you know, we just. We're gonna instead of paying our new distributor two hundred dollars, we're gonna pay these guys two hundred dollars. That's why I was asking you if these if these workers are unionized or something like that because they seem to to have gotten you by the balls. You know, like you still have to pay. It's not them. by the ball. It's not by the balls. It's one of those things where it's like we're moving distributors, so they're these are the guys that can, that are gonna do it. And and uh, it's not union. It's like a company. You when you use a company as what's called a clearinghouse, you know the company's contracts out. The warehouse and a warehouse is used by many different distributors, many different companies. So it's a giant warehouse, basically. And they, you know, but you would think you would think if they're doing this all day, they're palletizing things all freaking day, every day, and you write three times, like, no, guys, this is what we're requesting. Okay, hang on, we're requesting it. Hang on, I will speak to you. One second, one second, one second. I found, I found the special. Okay, I just want to find the moment. Hang on, if you bear with me. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right, hang on. One second. You know what? Let me go. I'm going to go silent and listen to my. Okay, just for a moment, folks. Bear with us. I've uh, been out of uh, Manhattan for a while. It is fascinating, too, living in a, in, a, in a multicultural society. I love the fact that we get along, even though many times we don't understand Jake and all of that. Hold on, hold on. Oh, Madonna Hall, suck your ass in the And not from one of the good parts. I'm from one of the... Have you been on the choo-choo? Oh, don't touch up. Oh, now if you laugh at that at all, you must know what it's like to drop a towel on the floor. Oh, here we go. Oh, don't touch up. Oh, it's married just under an hour. What the heck? Shoot you. Hang on, hang on. Okay. okay. This love thing is hard. My parents are married 46 years. They. Okay. Can you hear that? I'm just curious. I can hear everything. Oh, great. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Hold on. Terrific. I was married just under an hour. Already looked like a burglar, too. My friends come over, Daryl, how are you? I said, shh, she's right in there. Don't touch that towel. Don't touch that doll. Now, if you laugh at that at all, you must know what it's like to drop a towel on the floor and hear an alarm go off because you broke a rule, the kind of rule which exists only in a house full of love. Yes, there you'll find rules for the bathroom, rules for the kitchen, rules for the sweet and low dispenser. Hey, that stack of dishes in the sink, how long can they stay there? You'd better know. 
Somebody knows. And since there's only two of you on the rules committee, how much you want to bet? Sir, 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 can I, can I, can I pause for like a few minutes? Sure. My okay. partner is requesting we have to call these guys, otherwise it's just not going to happen. It's not going to get handled. Okay. Yep. Take the I'm sorry. Room. All right. I'm back. Frank is somewhere. I was somewhere. He can hear me. I can't hear him. Where is he? Hello, hello, hello. Yo, yo, yo. I do not hear him at all. Hey, hey, hey. I cannot hear Mr. Frank. Why do I not hear him? Oh, because my headphones are on. Wait, no, they're not on. Can't hear him. Cannot hear you. WTF, LOL. That's what he's writing to me. I don't know what happened. Fix your microphone. Wipe your ears. Clean out your ears. What the hell, man? Hello? Can't hear you at all. What's yo, up? yo, 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 yo. Maybe come out and come back in. Try to leave the room, come back in. Oh, he left the room. He's going to come back in. Let's see what happens. Oh. Slide into mission now. Bathroom break. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm the only one that has an intermission. My show. Thank you for watching. Two people. Mister. Mister, you listening? You understand this? You Jewish? Get up. He might be coming back in. Where is he? We don't know. Hello? Hello? Hello, mister. He said the F word and he ran away. Where'd he go? Hello. Yellow. Yellow. Cut one. Go. Mr. Producer. One person's watching. Listening. It's probably the bot. The guy who said he's a bot. Robot. No? Oh, there he goes. And we are Yo. back. Yo, we're not back. Yo. Hello, still cannot hear you at what all. The, what the hell? Wait a minute. You know what? Let me see if maybe with the headphones. Can you talk? I'm talking, man. I'm talking. Oh, there you, there you are. I don't know what. Oh, that's weird. What did you do, Greg? What did you I, do? I unplugged my headphones, but why can't I hear you without the headphones? That's weird. That shouldn't be the case. Wah, wah. Oh well. Anyway, so what were we talking? We were talking about Daryl Hammond with the German. Uh, you know what? What's it called? Let's switch gears entirely. Go. I sent you a. I sent you something on uh -huh. Facebook Messenger. Can you open that up? Uh, before, not you know, like before you send me the link. It says there's. It's a yeah, article from the Guardian. Boy whose case inspired the Exorcist is named. Okay is named by us also oh, okay the boy previously known as roland doe underwent exorcism in cottage city maryland in st louis missouri in 1949 uh the boy whose case inspired portrayal of demon possessed child in this 1973 horror movie classic the exorcist has been named u.s magazine skeptical inquirer named the then 14 year old boy previously known as roland doe who underwent exorcism exorcisms in cottage city maryland st louis missouri ronald edwin 
Hunkler died last year, a month before his 86th birthday, after suffering a stroke at his home in Marriott'sville, Maryland. In adult life, Hunkler was a NASA engineer who worked for, to contribute, oh wow, whose work contributed to the Apollo missions in the 60s and who patented technology that helped space shuttle panels withstand extreme heat. Okay. A, interesting. Stop, interesting. Stop, stop right there. I see where this is going. Okay, so so please fill it fill fill in the gaps for the folks at home. So basically, it could be one of these shedim things or beings that probably, I guess, you want to use the word possessed him or something. Okay, so so what that's that's all true, but I wanted to focus on the fact that um, a little okay, a little while ago when we were talking about Barbara uh, Marks Hubbard, remember? Yes, it's Hubbard. Oh yeah. We had a whole episode. So in that episode, we were discussing Jack Parsons. Yeah. You recall? Yes, 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 yes. You yeah. want to read a little bit about Jack Parsons just for a moment? One second. Hubbard. Jack Parsons was uh, the... Uh, oh, he was an associate of L. Ron Hubbard. Okay, but what, what did he do for his profession? Rocket engineer, chemist. And Thelemite occultist, Thule. He was a Thule. Yeah. Okay. He was also, um, he was a student of Aleister Crowley. Yeah. Okay. Aleister Crowley, who was, if you read any of his stuff, he, he talks about the relationships that he had with demons. Yeah. Okay. I think one of the demons was named Lo, L-O. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so... My point is like this. It's just, you know, we for, for those who want to hear that episode, I mean, we, we spoke like a lot about it. We made a bunch of, you know, uh, what to me are obvious connections okay, between, you know, Barbara, Marx Hubbard, uh, the WEF, um, all these weirdos. Okay. That, the, I think the theme of that episode was that history is, is formed by weirdos. By serious weirdos, like the weirdos in the Nazi party, the weirdos, you know, who started the Nazi party, the, all of these freaking fruitcakes. Yeah. And Jack Parsons was, he was one of the uh, founding, he founded NASA, essentially. Yeah. Okay. He was the, he was the NASA pioneer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the type of people that were involved in, that, in, the, in the early days of the project, right? Yeah. It shows you what it shows you the foundations of an institution. Yeah. An institution doesn't just change gears over time. It, it gets, you know, it grows upon its foundation. Okay. The type of people that are involved in that are the same type of people that founded it. Okay. Yeah. So I just want, because when I read that article, right. And you yeah. see these connections, right. This movie was based on a, the story of somebody who actually had some kind of demon possession who ended up working at nasa then you have that you know jack parsons one of the founders of nasa you yeah. know also dealing with this kind of stuff who was a student of aleister crowley who deals with who deals with demons and yeah. folks these are just a couple of names you know we can really go into this and, and really yeah. connect the dots you yeah. know gene roddenberry you know yeah. of the one who produced star trek he wrote and produced star trek okay he's friends with jack parsons yeah. all of these people all these people are in the same Okay, and you have these fruitcakes who are shaping, or they are trying to shape, and with some with some level of success, yeah. 
society. Yeah. Uh, I just, hold, I, I, hold, I, I, hold, 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 hold on, hold on a second, man. I really apologize. Uh, so this is why. I, uh, it's okay, man. It's okay. It's okay. I just need. Listen, we don't have a. We don't right. have a video. All right. The person at the door walked away. They went away. Yeah. <laughs> no, no exorcism will be conducted. Okay. Anyway, go on. I didn't want to. I, I don't know if I wanted to like get too much more into it unless you want yeah. to. I just wanted to kind of point that out okay. to build on what we spoke about before. The toolies. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We can. Yes. It's growing. It's growing. The, the, you know, this, this kind of. Uh, but the toolies are are they involved in what we've been talking about? This in terms of the suppression of technology. To me, the do do you, do you think it's just the Shem just just kind of keeping the stuff at bay almost? Dude, Hashem is doing everything. Yeah, obviously everything, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like in terms of like, if we, if it's almost like Hashem knows. You know, sometimes I, I'll tell you. Like I watch, I watch. Uh, you know, the last time I saw Elon Musk, right, it's talking about all of these things that we're supposed to, that we're gonna have. You know, uh, I don't know. Let's say twenty years. You know, from now or whatever. You know, in his perception, right? Assuming we even get to that point. And I'm thinking to myself, if we have all those things, if we're able to travel to here and there and everywhere and have this and have that, what do we, what do we need Mashiach for? You know what I mean? So it's almost like Hashem is not, almost like not going to let us, he's not going to let us, he's going to let us have this after Mashiach comes. He's not going to let us build it before Mashiach comes. Because then we're not going to need Mashiach. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I think it's the... Or we may just destroy, we may just destroy ourselves in the, in the process of building these things. I don't think uh, that's the case. Yeah. Because the technology, like if you mentioned, just because you mentioned Elon Musk. Yeah. Okay? I, I choose him as an example. I'm not I'm saying Dafka Elon Musk. Just, so, so let me just kind of just use it too. Okay. His technology is corny as hell. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they fill up a metal tube with explosive uh, liquid. Okay. And then they light the liquid, it yeah. explodes and shoots the metal tube into the sky. Yeah. Okay. That's been going on for a hundred years, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's not scientific progress. Okay. That's madness. Okay. Um, now we have this UAP thing, right? That's been yeah. kind of in the national, on the national radar um over and over again since the the late 40s yeah. okay now it's really really ramping up yeah. people and especially military people are allowed to come forward and start talking about it more because most because most of the people who experience these things are military people yeah okay so when you look at when you study these objects right yeah. um you see what's possible and you see how far away we are from what's possible. How far away? It's like basically when you see when you see the the movements of these objects, right? We're we're like being in the Stone Age, and being where we are in our technological progress is about the same relative to the advancement of this of these type of objects that are moving through space in this manner. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like we're barely, it, it, it's, it, it almost doesn't matter. Like the, the progress that we've made yeah. is, is so far away from that, that it's almost the same as like just, you know, candles instead of, instead of electric light bulbs. Yeah. All right. So, so it's Dafka Mashiach yeah. that's going to come and show us that technology. Sure. Okay, the, the guys who we're dealing with here, Elon Musk cannot free us. I know, no, I know that for sure. Not from our quarantine on this planet. Okay, yeah. now back to what you said before. Obviously, God does everything. Okay, um, he he decides to do it through various agencies. Okay, so one of the agencies is the Sitrachra. Okay, so whenever I mention Sitrachra, I'm not talking about some kind of uh, competing force that you know that goes against God. Nothing can compete with God. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's actually you know it's very silly for anybody to try. Yeah. Okay, um, the Sitra Akhra provides the opportunity for people to make that silly mistake, yeah. and plenty of people do. And then the Sitra Akhra um, it uses those people as tools. Understand? Because everybody serves God, whether they realize it or not, whether they want to or not. Okay. So what I'm saying is like this, the, the people that do the bidding of the Sitra Akhra, the human beings, they don't realize they're doing it. They don't want to because, yeah. because then they would realize that they're serving God and they don't want to serve God. Yeah. So basically the Sitra Akhra is the department that lets them think that they're making progress. Yeah. <laughs> In, yeah. in in their war against God. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I had some, um, you know, that our friend Rachel. Yeah. And and uh, there's also, you know, the guy Ari Lewis, so uh, yeah. who I do interviews with. So his mother, Shira Lewis, she made a comment today. She wrote, what did she write? Ah, he, she, uh, here's what she wrote. She goes, ah, this other woman, Kara Rivka, wrote to our uh, our great reset, you know, our, our clip from about the bugs. She yeah. wrote, I read somewhere, this, this lady, Kara Rivka, I read somewhere that this will be the irony of, irony of it. They will set up a unified world thinking it will be for, for their own benefit, but actually they are setting up the world to be unified under God with no place for them in it. You know, that's a trauma. Hopefully the happy end will not take hundreds or even decades of years to come. And then Shira Yash Lewis, right, responds, according to Torah sources, it's less than eight years off, but we have to be prepared. And then Rachel, yes, the global unity they seek to... Uh, Ironically, you, uh, unite under Mashiach. Morbid stage of capitalism would destroy the world. Okay, whatever she is. Uh, with, yeah, with Mashiach will progress towards classlessness. I mean, with Mashiach, not before that, which each person's material needs fulfilled. Okay, whatever. Eight years is just too long. Entire generations of the young, both full-grown and children, are being irreparably damaged by these monsters, and, and we will have no hope for the future. I want to make. I want to make a statement. I don't. Mean, I just. Yeah. I, would, no, I have to make it at this point specifically. Okay. Okay. It's one quick statement, and okay. there's, I don't, there's no need for a response. Yeah, okay. The Lubavitcher Rebbe mm -hmm. declared yeah. and decreed that that Mashiach is coming in our generation. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. See, it says uh, eight years. To, okay, whatever. Exactly. It reflects badly on us as a species that it was only the most evil among us who have the ambition and determination to unwittingly create the conditions to bring the, this Edenic, like Eden-esque yeah. situation about. 
And then Shira writes, eight years would be the latest for the beginning of Tiasamesim, Resurrection of the Dead, which is after Mashiach. This is not my opinion. It's from Manish Shurim. I've heard based on Zohar, Vilnagon, Leshem, and others. Mashiach is supposed to be supposed to come during Sukkot after Shemitah year. I agree with you that eight years is too long, but this is a Shemitah year, so this Sukkot could be it. And then Rachel writes, eight years is Ben David, which means will will already have been Ben Yosef, which means Revelation, all the other goodies. It means that the base of Mikdash is descending from Yetzirah. This is before Ben David. So the stupendous process will begin to be apparent well before 2230. I mean, I guess she meant, I don't know if she meant 2030. Oh, I hope she meant 2030. <laughs> uh, I've got my white dress and tambourine ready. That's funny. I've been keeping my eyes open for a tambourine, which was, I was thinking to decorate myself. Oh, this is just ladies talking. Anyway, yeah. But uh, yeah, because are, so it's almost like these guys are setting up the world and, and it's just going to flip all on them. They're setting up really for us. These clowns. Yeah, no, we know that. We know yeah. no, we know how this ends. At least you and I know that. I mean, I don't know who else knows yeah. that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's sort of yeah. like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. I'm not, yeah. that's not, I'm not concerned about that at all. Folks, that's why, that's why, I have, yeah. I have absolutely zero faith whatsoever that they have any chance of winning at all. No, because, because it's, a, no, yeah, it's, 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 it's the most ridiculous statement ever that the side of evil has any chance of possibly winning. Ridiculous. Yeah. Absurd. Silly, silly even. Again, our issue is not like you, you know, your brother said this, a lot of people say this. It's not a question of where they win, it's a question of how many what's going to be the body count before right. they lose. That's right. That's what all we're trying to mitigate. As much as we know TSMA in this, but okay, but you know, the whole point is to preserve a life anyway. It doesn't matter if you know about TSMA and expect it. So yeah, okay. So separation is agony. Yeah. Okay, yeah. um, and it's not necessary. No. Um, another yeah. thing, I just this is sort of kind of a topic. I'm looking here on Facebook, and uh, somebody that I know from Facebook, I've never met him, but uh, uh, last name Haber. Maybe I shouldn't say his name. Oh, he's he, my boy. He's my boy. Yeah. Your boy. Okay, so he posted. He goes, "Why is Donald Trump no. friends no. with this devil yeah. showing up to his conference side by side with him? Yeah. And, and why I, would?" And you, would, saw, and you saw what I wrote, right? No. I responded. I didn't see it. I, no, whatever. Keep, keep reading. I apologize. Oh, he's not friends with him. He went into the lion's den to threaten him. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I, I looked it up. I'm like, this, you know, this doesn't seem to jibe. Yeah. So I looked up an article, mm -hmm. Politico from, from uh, 2020. Uh, it's dated January 22nd, 2020. And the, the headline is Trump roars and Davos shrugs. Yep. He went to Davos. The yep. crowd at the World Economic Forum used to be obsessed with Trump, but they've moved on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So, yep. he's, so you, can't, you can't use this, this bullshit to take away Trump's cred. I'm not saying Trump is infallible, but yeah. if this is a... You know, this is what you want to use against them. Okay. So. Yeah. I just sent this to Haim. I told him, go watch X-22 report on, on, on Schmumble and you'll understand why. Is X-22 like still on the Q-tip? It's not even like so much the Q stuff. It's more by, by like, way, it's I, more I just like, it's more just like Trump is playing some sort of Dafka long game. You can use that Q-tip. 
uh, line yeah. if you want. You're welcome. Yeah, that's funny. Um, but you see, like, you know, see that one of these things is uh, destroy the deep state, the, yeah, subversion, uh, restructuring of economic system. The FBI, yeah, DOJ are trapped. Trump is forcing corrupt and, and, and Antifa into the light. This is just titles for these videos. The country is getting a deep cleaning, deep state. Some agencies, some agencies will cease to exist. The, uh, the WEF is panicking. People are waking up. People see it now. I mean, it is true. People, are, people see it. People see what's going on. Yeah, no, people have been seeing it. Definitely. You know? My friend, oh, my friend wrote to me, do you know who Kim Coulter is? Daughter of Ann Coulter. She's pro-Trump, but turned on him. Ann uh, Coulter turned on Trump, of course. When he, yeah, when he her, her mom he, turned on him. Thanks, I tagged her. I'm friends with Kim on Facebook. She writes for National File. She's very pro-Trump. So I guess Ann Coulter's daughter is very pro-Trump, and I guess Ann Coulter is a whatever, deep stater. I don't know what the hell. They're, they're estranged now. <laughs> strange, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding, folks. I have no idea. Dude, I, I, Kim Coulter looks about as... I don't know if it means that Ann Coulter looks young, but Kim Wait a Coulter. Ann Coulter has a child? Something is not right about that. I don't okay. think she has children. Hold on. Are you sure? Hold on. I'm right. Are you sure that's not her sister? She looks slightly younger than Ann. <laughs> sure. That's very funny. Coulter has been engaged several times, but she never married and has no children. Yeah. <laughs> and Coulter doesn't have kids. Here, let's see who this. He's messing with Chaim over here. No, so it could be just that is that doesn't. Huh? Hold on, hold on a second. Uh, Anthony Fink. Hold on. Uh, I don't know who he's talking about. Yeah, I, I see a person, Kim Coulter, who. Uh, yeah, sure. director of digital content national file that she looks actually no this girl looks very very young she looks absolutely nothing like Ann Coulter whatsoever uh, daughter really not a daughter uh, uh, that's odd I don't know anyway maybe it's a person I don't know weird maybe it's like a, like a niece Lives in California. Interesting. Okay. In any event, you know, you know who it is. It's like, um, remember Andy Dick's character, um, Daphne Aguilera. No. You don't remember Daphne Aguilera? No. Daphne Aguilera. He played. Uh, you know what? This is when Christina Aguilera was very popular. He played a character called Daphne Aguilera. Who's, Let's see. She's she's uh, Christina Aguilera's. Um, Cousins. Oh my God. Mailman, something like M that. Musical artist. Oh my God. Dear Lord. <laughs> oh, let's see. Let's see what this is. This is here. Let's see. This is oh God. Let's see what this is all about. Let's see. I'm uh, having salsa. I'm very curious as to how this sounds. Uh, the hell hold on a second uh christina oh this is andy dick posting on his instagram oh my god scary he's such an enigma this andy dick guy is he what is he he's bi he's he's gay what, what's his deal he's bought well he says he's bi everything i know about him is from his interview 
with Norm McDonald on Norm McDonald's podcast years ago. He's just it's the best episode, by the way. Mm. Him and Andy Dick, the best episode. He's such a Andy, Andy Dick is hilarious. He, he's okay. such a freaking weirdo. But he's a weirdo. He's a troubled. He's a troubled, you know, he's obviously has uh, <laughs> substance abuse issues, but yeah. he but he has kids. Yeah. He actually yeah. Has Andy kids. Dick has kids and I don't. That's that's why this world seemingly has no uh, justice, I guess you could say. Yvonne Kowalczyk, that's his ex-wife from the 80s. They were married in the 80s. Looks like a not bad looking lady. Dude, how? Wow, how wow she's a smokestack, man. No, no, he's apparently he's he's good with uh, he's good with the ladies, huh? And the fellows, apparently. That's that is absolutely. I don't know. But uh, but I want to. <laughs> how old was Joe Rogan when his podcast got started? I'm just curious. He must have been. He must have been. They started. I'll tell you. Can I? I'll read to you the the genesis of Joe Rogan. Let's read this whole thing, just so we can get a little bit inspired. Here, here you go. Here you go. I don't know. No, I'm not getting inspired by anything that happened to Joe Rogan because I know because his right to fame. I know he. I know he was not only that he was he. Yeah, he was he was a uh, comedian. He was in he was in whatever. His podcast started in 2009, so he was he was. Uh, can't do the math right now. I don't know. I don't know why. Probably in his early 50s, right? Like he's 55 years old. 2009 minus. 1967 he was 42 years old when he started his podcast so there you go okay so we sir, have a, sir we have a we have a little even, you know, even though we don't really have we didn't have such a head start like him in terms we didn't of have a head start like him we didn't have any of the resources or the or yeah. the blessing of yeah. the opera to succeed yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so you know he was 42 he did uh hey, he did stand up from 1988 to 1994. Then he did Hardball and News Radio, these two shows in the 90s when he was like already in his he was like in his 30s, early tw late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. Then he did then he did UFC and Fear Factor. This is already when he's like in his late 30s, you know, at thir basically 30s, late 30s. UFC and Fear Factor. He moved on, and then. Uh, yeah, then he had like comedy specials apparently from 05 to 09. He was a stand-up, and then and then yeah, and then he started uh 2009, he started the podcast. But the podcast was like, see, it says it just says it was kind of like even like a more here. Here you go. Rogan launched 2009, December, launched a free podcast with his friend and fellow comedian Brian Breadband. The first episode was recorded on December 24th and was to be a live weekly broadcast on you remember Ustream. When they had those, you know, those like revol revolutions, the 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 Arab, Arab Spring servers bringing stuff on Ustream. I think so. With Rogan and Red Band sitting in front of laptops, bullshitting. Literally, it's like a quote. <laughs> By August 2010, the podcast was named the Joe Rogan Experience and entered the list of top 100 podcasts on iTunes. And in 2011, was picked by Sirius XM Satellite Radio. The podcast features an array of guests who discuss current events, politics, philosophy, comedy, comedy hobbies, and numerous other topics. January 2015, the podcast was downloaded by over 11 million times. By October that year, the podcast was downloaded 16 million times each month, making it one of the most popular free podcasts. May 19, 2020, Rogan announced that he had a signed multi-year licensing deal with Spotify worth an estimated $100 million, making it one of the largest licensing agreements in the podcast business. The deal made the Joe Rogan experience available 
on Spotify starting September 1st, 2020 and exclusive on the platform from 20, January 2021. Clips from the video version will continue to be available on YouTube in February, one second. In February, 2022, Spotify removed 113 episodes of Jorgen Experience over the course of a few days, owing in part to some of the episodes having been perceived to have racist and insensitive language. Unbelievable, that's it. Did they ever come back the episodes or are they? I, I, I have no idea. I didn't know. I don't know which ones they were. They were like some of them were really old from the back in the day. You know, it's like it's like retroactive listen, canceling, you know. Listen, I can't see Joe Rogan, you know, you know, like, yeah. you know, keeping the, you know, like keeping the fight alive, like uh, yeah. Brian De Palma with Scarface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You see, know with Brian De Palma, right? Like they, yeah. they made Scarface. Yeah. They kept coming up with some bullshit reason why they wanted to make it rated X. Yeah. He fixed it twice. Yeah. Okay. He he had to do like one time. Uh, he said the first time. Well, oh, there's uh-huh. this guy who got shot too many times. Uh-huh. Uh, rated X. Okay, so he fixed it. He you know he yeah. showed him he shot like hilarious. Left. Then they came up with some other bullshit, uh-huh. right? And then the third time he finally said, "No, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing anything else." I'm just wondering if uh, if he depalmed uh, his episodes or not. I'm I'm not sure. No way to find out. But listen to this. He says, in 2020, CNN described Rogan as libertarian-leaning. Rogan has said that he holds a wide variety of political views, does not easily fall on any particular side of the spectrum. He has described himself as socially liberal, saying that he supports same-sex marriage, gay rights, women's rights, recreational recreational drug use, universal health care, and universal basic income, but also, also supports gun rights and the Second Amendment. Rogan describes himself as a strong supporter of freedom of speech and is criticized what he describes as canceled. So he's a real, actual real liberal, I guess, if you want to take away maybe that he's doing PSYOP, but whatever. And it says what perceives to be suppression of those who hold right-wing views in the television and film industry. He also criticized what he describes as an American foreign policy of military adventurism. Rogan endorsed Ron Paul in the 2012 U.S. presidential campaign. And voted for libertarian candidate Gary Johnson in 2016. He endorsed Bernie Sanders <laughs> during 2020, but ended up voting for Joe Jorgensen. Can I tell you something? Can I stop you for a second? Uh-huh. I think I think that like I I, I was not a supporter of Ron Paul because mm-hmm. he's clearly an anti-Semite and he hates Israel, right? Yeah. But I feel like Rand, I was... Rand Paul is not. Rand Paul came to Israel and he went to the Kotel and all that kind of stuff. His son, his son is not an anti-Semite. Okay, well, I don't know. No, but but the point is that. I should have supported him anyway, yeah. because yeah. if he was honest yeah. about who he is, yeah. then whether anti-Semitic or not, he would have left Israel alone. Yeah, he would have. Of course he would have. Well, that's why a lot of people think like, right, even, I think even Rabbi Kessin said this. He said that now that Biden's in, they're going to kind of like live, leave the Middle East alone. But I don't really fully agree with that because they just gave a ton of money to the PA. And to Iran. Know? And, and to Iran, and now we they're see not exactly new... leaving the Middle East alone. No, they're not. And now they see these new attacks, and now they want to do this and that and the other, and revive this stupid agreement and that another stupid agreement. It's just that's more not... more Obama crap. That's not what we're calling leaving alone. That's yeah, not... yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I'm trying to see, I'm trying to look at this Kimberly Col- Coulter. I don't know who this person. Person, I, I can't tell if that that's her do- the 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 person's daughter not Anne's daughter but the person's daughter or if it's the person themselves because when i look up kim coulter national file on on uh google i get like a just a, a woman who looks like she's in like her late 30s early 40s 
I'm, no, I mean, that's what she looks like, kind of, to me. You know, I'm looking at the... It's weird. I don't know. You know, you know what she... You know, I wonder why Chaim thinks that she's Ann Coulter's daughter. If she said that, did she actually say that? I don't know. I guess maybe he's... Either she said that or he's, or he's guessing. If, if she said that, it has to be like one of those, like, Roxy Carmichael yeah. situations. Do you remember that movie? What, with, where is this from? There's, there's this movie with, this is from the 80s too, with Winona, Ryan, with, with Winona Ryder and Jeff Daniels. Mm-hmm. Okay, where Winona Ryder, she's from some small town and there's a famous, like, I guess, celebrity. I don't remember what she was famous oh, for. Oh, Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael. Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael, right. Directed by Jim Abrahams. What did he direct? I, so I Jeff Daniels he... plays plays the guy that was, that was, married to her or was dating her before she left the small uh, town to become a big star dude dude you know what who directed this this guy jim abrahams he directed airplane top secret uh uh naked gun all the like na- no naked gun oh no he wrote it he directed big business he directed uh hot shots hot shots part mafia mafia which is another one of those stupid absurd and scary movie for he wrote so all these stupid, you know, the the comedies. So he, yeah, so he directed this Welcome Home, Carmichael. Yeah, so this one was kind of, it wasn't like a completely slapstick. It wasn't really slapstick at all. It was kind of strange, really. It's a strange movie. The, the movie bombed, dude. Like, they spent it, $13 million, It got four, $4 million at the You know, it bombed huge. But yeah. uh, the, Jeff Daniels. Yeah, but the point in the movie is that you have this girl in the small town. She's like a teenager, 15 or something like that. Francis Fisher is in it, sorry. So she thought um, that she, because she knew that uh, Jeff Daniels and Roxy Carmichael, that they had a child, right? Mm -hmm. But then it's not clear what happened when they broke up and what happened to the child. They think they gave it up for adoption or something like that. And Winona Ryder was, she was an adopted daughter of some family in that Mm -hmm. town. Mm -hmm. So she thought that Roxy Carmichael was her mom. Mm -hmm. Interesting. You know what I mean? But it turned out that it wasn't the case. No, um, but maybe it's, it's one weird. of those. It's one, one of those, those situations. Yeah, could be one of those. Deals. But yeah, you know who's in this movie? Fran- Francis Fisher, this British redhead. Francis Fisher. You know this actress? If you look her up, F A F R A N C E S, and then Fisher. Dude, she was like oh, yeah. back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Francis Fisher is. That lady's British. I can't believe that. Yeah, she's from. Uh, she's from. Uh... She always plays Americans. Oh, know. she was British-born Amer- American actress. Yeah, Milf- She was born in England, and I think she grew up. Oh wow, her father was Russian Jewish and Hungarian Jewish descent. What the hell? And her mother's I... Norwe- Norwegian. This is the yeah. That's what I would guess. I would have never guessed any connection to Jews, for, for, you know, for this actress like she's... Norwegian. Yeah. Not bad. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, man. So uh, hmm. weird. So what else are we going to cover? Did we finish uh, talking about the 80s? Oh, so let's. So uh, I wanted to talk about what I was talking about towards the end. You know, the the cliffhanger that we had about the uh, Eichmann trial. Okay. So basically, oh, wait, 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 wait. I got to interrupt you. I got to interrupt you. Okay. I was re-listening to part of the podcast from yesterday. Mm-hmm. You were telling about you were telling about this experience you had this rabbi that when you when he was interviewing you. Oh, he was sticky, and then after that, he stopped. He was all all sticky and everything, right? And you, you know, and you thought that was awesome. And then, 
while you were going to the yeshiva, you, you realize you never speak to this guy ever. There's only one time that he ever spoke to you after that initial yeah. Yeah. And that was to berate you during... Not berate me, like, to, to... It was, like, when he was... Uh, apparently, that was his teaching style, to, like, challenge guys, but it wasn't challenging. It was just, like, literally shut them down. Mamash, like, shut them down. Okay. So then, in response to that, you, no, you were asking, like, why is he like that? Well, you know, what, what, yeah. we're trying to figure out his... What's the explanation for his behavior? So yeah. I started uh, telling you about Rabbi Gaffney and my experience at yeah. Bar Habad. And then I, re- I realized I never actually told you why. How does that answer your question? Mm-hmm. So I was telling you that Rabbi Gaffney, he seemed always angry at me and I kept getting in trouble with him, right? Mm-hmm. So it, I, it turned out where he explained why he was doing that because he was applying this kind of pressure to me, mm-hmm. which, he, which he hoped would change me and whoop me into shape. Yeah. Right? Um, so... I put forth that perhaps this rabbi. No, this was more like indifference. I I, I see where, why you would say that. But this was this was the way he was with me. Like in the, like when I would see him in the building, he, it was just indifference. It was just like nodding, kind of like you know. To, he acknowledged my presence, just kind of nodding, and that's it. And interestingly enough, by the way, one thing I didn't tell you: the other there's another. You know, we had Rosh Hashiva. He was Rosh Hashiva, and then we have a you know. Mashgiach Ruhani, I guess you could say. He's like a co-Rosh Hashiva, let's say. So he was the one that actually was more, how are you doing? How are you? How's it going? Everything like that. He was more just, you know, he would he would talk to me and approach me and all these kind of things, take interest. I don't know if that was there. Again, I feel, I feel like that was just their method, like good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Yeah. But it's not, I don't know if that's true because all, I have so many guys friends of mine who went to Chappelle's before and after me who say, oh, I'm, uh, you know, Rabbi so-and-so is coming. Are you going to go? I'm like, I don't really have this relationship with it. Really? He saw this. He saw that. I'm like, I don't know. The guy like ignored me. So, so it, it must be something towards me. <laughs> can I, can I, it wasn't can a I, teaching style. It wasn't a Hinoch style. It wasn't anything. It was just me. Can I offer a, a possible explanation? Okay. So, when you first got to yeshiva, um, I would assume that you were kind of an enthusiastic balchuva. Um, I don't know if I was enthusiastic because I think I went already had already gone through my enthusiastic phase. I was already le- ready to just be kind of, you know, sit and learn whatever that meant. I didn't know it was going to be a lot of you know like uh, lamdos, what we call like sitting in front of a gemara most of the time kind of thing. Right. Like I, I mostly wanted to sit and kind of, I mean, I didn't mind looking at text, but I really wanted to like learn more hashkafa, maybe halacha obviously as well, halacha and hashkafa, then sit and steig gemara. And with this particular school, that's actually their style. They just throw you right in the deep, deep end. I mean, they have a whole method how they start teaching you gemara. They don't just, you know, you don't go to like level 10 learning gemara, but you still, they, they kind of just throw you in it. And it's almost like you're supposed to know how to read Aramaic. You're supposed to know how to this. And you're supposed to, it's just like, no. <laughs> and That's I really. That seems know, to be what everybody does. Like everywhere you go. Yeah. No, they had a method. They had a different method from other Rishivas that I've seen. But even so, like I wasn't ready 
No, what I mean to say is everywhere you go, not just yeshivas, yeah, but yeah, yeah. like on construction sites, yeah. they know you don't know anything, yeah. but then they, they throw you in and they go ahead, you know, light yeah. up this whole room. Like, huh? Yeah. What's that I'm like? like? Yeah, my, my friend was like sitting across from me. We were Havrusas and he's like, and I had been already living in Israel at the time for like a couple of years. And then he's like, at one point, he's just like, dude, why can't you read this word? Don't, how long you live in Israel? Don't, why don't you know Hebrew? And he's like, don't you know Hebrew? I'm like, first of all, dude, even if I knew Hebrew, you think I'd be able to read this, this Aramaic? And he's like, yelly. I'm like, dude, like, second of all, I live in like the Anglo space. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about, bro. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've experienced that too. I don't know what these people like. They're, they're dicks. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So it was a very, it was a very like dry. First of all, it was a very dry environment. My yeshiva. It was a very just. The whole thing was just like, I don't know. I, it was just odd. I remember I used to go to like. I'll do yeshivot for like, you know, like the holidays. And I, and I, I like, I remember I used to go to H and like, I, I walk into H, everybody's happy. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's like full of hios and, and, and this. And I'm thinking to myself, why don't I just go here? And then I used to go back to my yeshiva and I'm just like, guys are like, I'm telling you, it was just like, I don't know. Maybe it was just when I was there, like no smiles, no nothing. Just like everybody looks like their cat died, you know? Yeah. And nobody has shtick. There's like two guys with shtick. And those are my, those are the guys who are my friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you're in a jail where it's like you find the two guys who kind of like, you know, don't want to no, stab you. I, I don't want to exactly. stab you. And then everybody else wants to stab you if they could. <laughs> yeah, it seems it's. It was just weird. Odd. It was just yeah. very strange. Well, I, I was like, I don't I get like, it. It was like some sort of alternative universe. I was like, what's going on? And then so like, so then, you know, the guy who didn't talk to me, the Roshiva didn't talk to me, kind of fell into that kind of. I don't know. It was just odd. I feel so like maybe I was, yeah. what I was going to say, uh, you know, because, you know, my, my, my idea was based on, you know, the whole thing. I've noticed this phenomenon when you have yeah. uh, enthusiastic uh, Balchuvas, people who were secular and then this, they got all enthusiastic about, about becoming Orthodox. Okay. Yeah. Some people in the Orthodox community, a lot of rabbis, they were like put off by that. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's too enthusiastic. Get away from me. You know what I mean? Like there's something wrong with him. And and those same rabbis, they would go and they would, you know, go out of their way to chase down guys who have zero enthusiasm whatsoever. Yeah. You know, those guys are important yeah. to deal with, to, to give all your attention to. Not the yeah. enthusiastic guy. There's something wrong with him. The guy who's not enthusiastic, sure. who couldn't give a damn, who's walking yeah. away, he goes, he goes to chase that guy. That guy gets all, you know what I mean? Like I've noticed that. Yeah. I should have acted like, uh, yeah. you know, like like the guy who doesn't give a damn. You would yeah. have gotten more attention. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just, it's just, I don't know. Whatever. Like, listen, Hashem, I guess, sends you where you're supposed to go for whatever reason. You know, at, yeah. first, I, at first I was like walking around, moping around. I was like, oh, maybe I, I went to the wrong yeshiva. I went to the wrong yeshiva. I didn't go to the wrong yeshiva. I went to the yeshiva that Hashem wanted me to go to. For whatever reason, maybe, maybe, maybe my neshama needed to finish that one daf, literally like that. We've heard this, you know, these famous yeah. things, that one daf that it didn't finish in the previous thing, or, you know, that one part of that safer, kashkafa safer, halacha thing, little palik of halacha that it didn't, that it missed, whatever it is from whoever it needed to hear it from, whether it was a guy who's into Musr, whether it was a guy into, more into Hasidus. 
you know, what you just said is, is very wise. It's very, it's very correct. I want to, can I paint a picture as to what? I don't, actually, get that, I don't get that compliment often. Thank you. From, for me, I don't. No, really from right. anybody. No, from anybody. I compliment you when it's real. No, not for you, not you. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't get, I don't get to hear on a regular basis that I'm wise, that I say wise things. You know what the benefit of, of, of dealing with a person that tells the truth is? I mean, no. there's a lot of drawbacks, obviously. Yeah. But one of the benefits, and my, my wife can testify to this, is that yeah. when I say something, at least you know it's real. True. Whether it's, you know, ne negative, positive, whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't have to take it as, that, as the absolute truth. It's my opinion. Yeah, so, yeah. But that's why another thing. Okay, with, okay some Esther. Of these, okay, Esther. That's why <laughs> with some of these Americans, it's like, what do they, what do we call it? Toxic positivity, you know? Toxic, exactly. Where they're so, like positive for Lishma. So, so what you, so what I was, what I was agreeing with, what you said was that you don't, you did go to the right place. Yeah. It just, you didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So, for you, sure. so th the fact of whether or not you like something yeah. is not indicative of whether or not it was the right place yeah. Yeah. at all, at all. Yeah. Okay. So you're not like, okay, here we are, right? We're, yeah. Let's say 25 years ago, 30 years ago, we're in. We're teenagers. We're hanging out in the city. We go to the places we like to go. Yeah. We go to the type of clubs that play the kind of music that we like. We congregate. And, the t and, and then the same kind of people who have the same interests tend to congregate in, in the same spaces. Yeah. Okay. So you end up in your clique where yeah. you're comfortable. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's what then that I, th I think that's what the next world is like. Yeah. Or the place where we came from, actually. Yeah. Where everybody's comfortable. Everybody is in proximity to what they are similar to. That's yeah. actually something that I, that I read in various places about uh, the spiritual dimension, mm -hmm. where there is no uh, physical distance. There's no spatial yeah. like coordinates. Yeah. Okay? So when you hear terms about the spiritual world, like this thing is close to that thing, it's talking about its similarity. Yeah. Okay, so there's no proximity. You're close to things that are similar to you, which basically means you hang out with your type of people. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you're comfortable. You're hanging out with the people that like the kind of music you like, that, that share the same views and whatever. Okay. Yeah. That's what it's like in, in, in the upper world. Yeah. But here, we're sent to places that we don't like. That's, yeah. that, that, that's what life is. Yeah. Okay. It, life uh, is literally designed to suck. But you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to be all grateful for the opportunity to, you're supposed to think about what the outcome and when you do your work and what it means for the ultimate goal and ta-ta-ta and all that's supposed to make you feel good about, about going to a place that you can't stand. Yeah. Dealing with people that you don't want to deal with. Okay. You can hear in my voice that I'm not very enthusiastic about it. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of which, speaking of being somewhere where you can stand, can we, can we talk about this cliffhanger from last episode? Sure. Let's talk about the freaking Holocaust. Great. No, I don't want to talk about the Holocaust. I want to, I want to talk about specifically the catharsis of people who are sitting there and in a courtroom testifying about in front, you know, 
a killer or multiple killers who wanted to do in this case it'll 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 be stuff to the entire world not just to the jewish people bro catharsis see that's where it's not just listen it's not just catharsis it's not just catharsis it's it's something again man like they they, like let, let me let me make it simple for you they made it these mfers made it so that our friends not they themselves Fauci didn't come to your house or my house and embarrass us and point fingers up. They made it so that my family and your family or other people's, their family, people who are just like us, their family and friends treated them like the town idiot, like the pariah. They didn't want to talk to them anymore. Kept them away from their kids and their sisters and their uncles and aunts and grandparents and all this crap. And, and they made people lose their livelihood. Dude, you know, you know, like taking away, I think Gamora even says you take somebody's livelihood, you it's like you it's like you murdered them. Even if he lives, it's like you 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 murder them. You embarrass somebody, you cause somebody to be embarrassed, like it's like you murder them in public. But they 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 did this. Explain to the folks at home why 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 that would be the case. Why is embarrassing someone? Why does a Torah because say- because you because what happens is the blood rushes to your head. And it's like dumb. You're you're shedding. You're 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 drawing blood. So the the red. You know you you you're, you're okay, so that, turning so that's red. A, but that's an agotic. That's, that's an agotic thing. So I I don't know for other. I don't know the other reason. So I I, I could offer a quick speculation. Okay. okay. If you embarrass some look people throughout history, it's true even now. To but but the further you go back in time, the more this was true. If you, a person needed to be uh, reliable, they needed to have a good reputation. They needed to be counted on. Your fellows, the people in your town, the people in your village, your family, they had to be able to count on you. They had to see you in a good light so they can trust you to do the job that you're supposed to do. Everybody needed it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if you were considered, if, if you were put into a category of the village idiot or the fool, then you're not going to be included in things that are important and beneficial. Yeah. Okay. You're going to be on the outskirts of town. People are going to, you know, maybe like give, you know, give you some scraps off their table. No one's going to marry you. And if you're married, your wife is going to leave you. Your children are going to, there's a lot of consequences to humiliating a person in public. Yeah. Okay. You've destroyed their ability to do business and you've destroyed the way their family looks at them. You've yeah. endangered their life, literally yeah. endangered their life. So, so these people who did this, they don't, like we always say, you know, if you come up to Fauci or whoever and you say, uh, do you care? Are you going to apologize for this? And they don't give a damn. They're going to say, well, it's your own fault. You put yourself in the situation. Lives were at stake. They need to be publicly times 100. They need this to happen to them publicly times 100. Not only that, not only the embarrassment part, but they they need to something needs to happen to them. I'm I don't glad know. you brought this up. I don't know if it's imprisonment. I don't know if it's death. I don't know if it's. I'm, I'm very very glad you brought this up. That's it. Because I want to shit on your. Uh, okay, please on your, do. On your Facebook live from yesterday. Please do. No, no, but once we're done with this, once we're done with this. No, I mean I have nothing else. To, I, have, I have nothing. I, I, so no, so so what I'm saying is for me, I don't know about you, man. You might feel differently in terms of. I'm just. This is for my emotional. I want to see this. I personally want to see that. That this whole, I want to see it. I want to see it. 
And then I want Mashiach. But before that, I want to see it. That's, that's what you see. That's that's the fucking fucked up thing that I don't like about what you're saying. Okay. I'm not going to say that's the fucked up thing about you. It's, oh, yeah, it's I understand. It's the messed up part of this view. I right? understand. Because, because you don't need, because Mashiach coming does not contradict what you want to see. I, I understand. Fact, I understand. It's only going to facilitate it. I understand that. What I'm trying but to why say Why do you is need it to happen before? Because I want us to do it. That's stupid. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Because, because dude, if look, 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 let me explain something. Dude, Hashem you. wants us to do things. Hashem doesn't just do things for us. You understand? He doesn't do things for listen, us. We, listen, 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 listen. Okay. Um, Why do we a, even have a Sanhedrin if we if we could just have Mashiach? What Sanhedrin do? Listen, listen. Hold on, brother. Okay, hold on. Um, first of all, we are sitting already on the shoulders of giants. What that means is that as a as a species in general, just being humans, right, and especially being Jews, right, yeah. who have been doing the tikkun for three thousand three hundred and thirty four years. Okay, yeah. uh, the work has been put in already, my friend. Okay, yeah. and and people are still doing work to some extent. Okay, so the work is not necessary anymore. So that whole thing about Hashem wants us to do stuff that's already been fulfilled. I mean, some people. We've done some, stuff. I, I'm just playing those. I, I would say some people in the Hashkafic discussion world would say would say untrue. Like you're. <laughs> okay, that's wonderful. Fantastic. Okay, no, so you know why? You know why? S screw, screw you, uh, I'll big tell you tzaddik why. rabbi. I'll tell, you why. I'll tell you why. Yeah, yeah. Especially, <laughs> listen, there are tzaddikim who are real tzaddikim that I would yeah, say I screw you to you. you and they, you, you read about one of them who wanted to delay Mashiach, right? Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. so with all of his tzaddikin, tzaddikiness, 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 okay? yeah. and all of his saintliness, gesundheit. Yeah. Okay, but. So, so what I'm saying is like this: um, if if the world has to wait for you and me and for those like us to bring these guys to justice, they're. I, I'm sorry to. I don't. Kind of, I don't. I don't think we're gonna have to wait much longer. I have a weird feeling we're not. Listen, listen, dude. Right now, and I, I never wanted to actually. I never wanted to get to this. Uh, particular level during these conversations, but I have to say it once because I can't figure out a way around it, okay, to, to kind of bring the point home. Mm -hmm. And this is not even hyperbolic. This is just like the least of the horror that's in the world. Mm -hmm. Right now, there's a baby burning to death. Yeah. Fuck us and our and 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 us bringing these guys to justice do you understand that dude yeah okay that's what i'm talking about no there's no there's nothing at all that's worth delaying mashiach nothing okay I don't, I, yeah nothing do you understand that nothing so my so, question is what if mashiach just does everything i just described this whole nuremberg stuff he's gonna he, mashiach Nowhere does it say that Mashiach comes and does everything himself and then comes and vacuums your carpet. No, no, I get, I get it. Okay. Be, that would be nice. My, my, uh, my car is, is a mess. Right. He's not going to detail your car. Okay. Mashiach comes to guide the process that everything. Yeah. going to be, he's the manager. You want this guy to come. He's like Trump. But, you know, in, in terms of his ability to manage justice, Trump is, is, and his ability to manage, you know, businesses 
and economic aspects, right? Yeah. Mashiach is a hundred times better than that at everything else, yeah. including, you know, whatever Trump is good at, I'm sure Mashiach will be, will be good at, okay? I'm just saying that that's what he is. He's someone who comes to manage the process of redemption and justice. Yeah. Okay, he doesn't come like, he's not like Superman who, if you remember the movie, Right, he comes and you know when 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 Lois Lane dies in the, you know she gets like buried alive because of the earthquake. Right, yeah. she's like in her car, and then by the time he gets there, it's too late. She's dead. Right, yeah. so he gets like he's like, you know he he be you know he hulks out. You know he has like a he has like a Donald Duck moment. Right, yeah. and then he starts flying around the Earth, and yeah. he begins the, the rotation of the Earth begins to go backwards, like you know, and apparently that turns back time. Apparently. Yeah. in the in the dc comic universe okay so he he's able to turn literally turn back time reverse hit rewind essentially and then get to lois lane on time yeah okay so i've never read anywhere that mashiach is going to be doing that uh in the process of him preparing the world for the year 6000 because that's what folks mashiach is a human being, okay, who comes to prepare the world for the year 6,000, to, to get us ready for Shabbos. Yeah. Because the year 6,000, okay, New Year's, the year 6,000 is Shabbos. That's the, that's the great Sabbath. All yeah. the Sabbaths that we observe, yeah. uh, you know, in the, like in our little, on our little level, right? Seven days a week, seven days. The year 6,000 is the beginning of the seventh millennium, right? So that's the, that's the big Shabbos. That's the one we're all preparing for. That's the one where everything is, everything is kind of like practice. Everything that we've been doing, even though it's absolutely necessary and it's not, it's not really a rehearsal, right? But it is practice yeah. for, for, there's a difference between rehearsal and practice, yeah. okay? Because sometimes, let's say like when you, when you start a job, right? They throw you in to the fray, as you explained earlier, right? Yeah. Day one, hit the ground running, okay? Yeah. So you may not know how to do anything, and you may not be producing or working at the capacity that you're supposed to be, but just the, doing the job itself is practice for doing the job, right? Yeah. At a higher On a higher level, hopefully soon. You know what's interesting, by the way? I don't mind when it's a job and I'm thrown into this because at least I'm getting paid and I'm a quick study. Uh, with this Lambdas thing, I wasn't getting paid. I was paying them. <laughs> and with Gemara, I think Gemara is the first thing in my life ever where I wasn't a quick study at all. It was like, it was literally the, one of the most challenging things I've ever tried anew can I, can, you know, ever I have, I, in I my a, life. I have a sneaking suspicion and I'm scared that I'm going to forget to tell you this based uh -huh. on what you're saying. Okay. Uh, based on what I've learned about you, right, there seems to be some similarity to how my mind works to some extent. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. I sucked at Gamora when I was in Yeshiva. I still suck. I don't want to make people think I'm good at it now. Yeah. But I'm just saying that I really sucked in Yeshiva. I couldn't stand the lectures. Yeah. I couldn't understand my Chavrusa. Uh, it's like nobody was making an attempt. Yeah. Like, like basically, like think of me as Latka, you yeah. know. Yeah. 
you know, from taxi. No one's trying to help me understand English. Everybody's speaking too fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? No one is slowing yeah. down, explaining some, some. So the only progress that I've ever made in Gemara is literally sitting by myself. Yeah. Right. I, I, I make a word list. Mm-hmm. I look at a page of Gemara. First, I deal with the Mishnah. I take all the words in the Mishnah and I put them on a list. I translate those words. Yeah. Then I, then I, once I have the definitions of the words, then I begin the process of trying to put them together and understand what the Mishnah is. Okay. I've made progress this way. Yeah. I've made more progress in that simple, in the, in the couple of days. It's called when no one's, when academia is not putting a gun to your head, you can actually learn something. Yeah. Yeshiva was a horrible place to learn Torah. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, is, if you want to learn is. Torah, yeah. just you and God. Just, yeah. Or you and like a person you actually a person that you drive really with. Know. Yeah, and really knows you and, and, and God and that's it. Right. Okay. So if, had I known that, okay, God knows, had I known that, I would have never gone to Yeshiva. I would have never wasted yeah. my time. Yeah, okay? same. Same. But God needed me to go there for, for reasons unbeknownst to, unbeknownst to me. Yeah, again, for the daft that you missed in the previous... Who knows what? Whatever you know, it is, yeah. His reasons are, you know what I mean? To get, to get your musr, to get this, to get that, whatever it was. Whatever, you know? Yeah. To be annoyed and to be... And to, be uh, to experience uh, severe discomfort. To, 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 real, to realize that it's not about people, that it's about him. And that's it. It's not, it's not about, uh, you know, happy, happy, joy, joy in Asia Torah in the old city. It's about just Hashem. It's not about, uh, you know, rabbi so-and-so and rabbi this and rabbi that. It's almost like for people who don't have a lot of I don't want to say this. This doesn't, doesn't feel right, but I don't know how yeah. else to uh, for people who don't have a lot of chance to actually have like a personal relationship with god yeah but, but to still but they still need to be connected yeah yeah, yeah. To the jewish people right so yeah. as long as they're like that somehow there's a kind yeah. of like indirect yeah. right that's so going to yeshiva and joining the it's, orthodox community that, dude, that accomplishes that dude it's like the people who say i don't like the shul well you know it's like they, they go why because they mostly go to the shul for community they don't go for the minion they don't go to daven they go they go because you know so-and-so that they get to yak with for some for some people uh being connected to the community is their only way of staying connected to torah for sure for sure for me for sure the only way to make sure that i'm not doing torah and mitzvahs is for me to be connected to the community yeah exactly yeah for the the only the only way yeah exactly the only make sure i don't if if i connect to community i'm gonna stop being from you know like it's just I don't know. It's crazy. It's really crazy, dude. Today, like today, I'm going to like the you know Shev Brachot of our friend. I mean, most of the people I there, I'm I'm gonna know. So Baruch Hashem, like whatever, you know. It's guys who are like us, you know, same mindset, same kind of experiences, more or less. You know, like more or less, not like identical, but but you know what, a guy like Eric, and, yeah. See, he may like you know he he he. he Look, everybody that I just mentioned, they have, everybody has potential to have their own relationship with God. They're supposed to, right? But I don't know what, I don't know what is the determining factor or what, or what kind of, 
environment or circumstance yeah. facilitates that state of mind, you know, to, 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 to seek that out. Right. Yeah. But Eric, I feel, I don't know, just instinctually, he could benefit from being part of the community. You know what I mean? Like until he gets pissed off. Well, he's, well, he's married. Dude, first of all, when you, you realize that when you're married and you, let's say you're married and you're like, Baruch Hashem, like, you know, you have a healthy marriage and more or less, and you're, and you're dealing with garbage. It's so much easier to deal with garbage from the firm world because dude, you could just, if you don't like something, you just step away even temporarily, permanently. Why? Because you're married. You have family life to worry about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if you're not married, then you're, then crap. Then you're. Then where are you? You're not gonna go back with secular people hanging out with them. Yeah, you know it, it is. You're screwed. It is a better experience, like entering the religious community while you're married. You know yeah. why? Because or become married right away. Let's say because it's a it's a kind of a it's a it's a status of respect. Yeah, like, it's respectability. Right. So you're already yeah. married. Yeah. That means that 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 issue has been solved, and it's not a burden yeah. on the, community. The, the issue that they were trying to solve for you has been solved. However, it was solved. Okay, now you're not now you're somebody yeah. now you're not their problem anymore exactly so then that that's one thing the other yeah. thing is just being married itself is a status symbol right and so you automatically have more respect oh you're you're an adult yeah. you're yeah. married you're an adult yeah right? it, no, no, and nobody cares if uh you know it ends up in divorce or once it ends up in divorce you know they care that they care then they have not, then they have nothing to say to you because then you're just a divorced guy i mean what do you want again you know like i don't even i wouldn't even <laughs> I, what, what are they going to say like I, I wouldn't expect somebody to say anything no, nothing no i don't mean say you know what i mean like there's they have nothing to what are they going to do what can anybody nothing, do nothing 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 no one can do anything dude the, the the best part is when you when you're still single and you turn 40 then you're nobody's problem by default because you stop being their problem just by the fact that they're they've just given up on you you, you know what it's like? You stop being invited to meals. You stop being invited to events. It's amazing. You just fall off the map completely. You're at your own devices. If you were at your own devices before that, you're really at your own devices now. Dude, the reason why... It's actually great. I the like reason it. why that kind of stuff sucks is because just people suck. Yeah. And religious people are people. They're still people. Listen, my friends, Baruch Hashem, what invite, you, what invite you, you to meals. What can you expect out of people? Yeah. So, Nothing. You can't expect that jack shit out of them. You know, you know what it's like? And I don't expect anything. I want to explain to you something, okay? You know how, like, let's say me and you are sitting in a room, and then and then some douchebag comes in and says something ridiculous and makes a mess on the floor, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's my carpet. Yeah. He came in and he he put like dirt all over my white, you know, he 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 rigged James my carpet. Yeah. It's like you get you could buy a new one. I could buy a new one, right? Why? Because he's Rick James. He could buy a new one. So let's say, so then the guy leaves, right? And then I turn to you and I and I roll my eyes. I'm like, oh, this guy, this idiot. And you're like, I know, right? Oh, you know, right? What a jerk. Okay. So when bad stuff, when stuff that's very, very unpleasant, like a divorce, right, occurs, uh -huh. or a tragedy, or a death, or a limb amputation, or something really messed up, right? Yeah. Or, you, or, you, or you're having trouble getting married or whatever, mm. right? So... When, when the person is in pain, yeah, in the in the heat of it, right, yeah. mm -hmm. and then in in those type of situations, and then you turn to your to your to your fellow, right, and you mm -hmm. want him to roll his eyes for you, for your yeah. situation. Yeah. He's not going to because yeah. the guy who came in and messed up the carpet is God. Yeah. 
You understand? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what. So 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 that's why it's better not, better not to ever develop those kind of relationships with any human being at all, because the, there's only one person to roll your eyes at. Yeah. That's God. Yeah. If you're gonna roll your eyes at somebody, go ahead. Yeah. I recommend it, by the way. Sir, can you give me one second now? I just got an email from the title company for the sale of my apartment. All right. The original stock certificate, this is a co-op, so it's a stock, must be signed and notarized by you and your father. However, it was already overnighted to the title company. Is there any way you can go, can go when you, and, you know, I guess my father can go when you are available to the office to sign? The title company is located at some place in Jersey. Uh, That's fascinating. What? It's amazing, right? Yeah. No. It sucks. Let's see. Hannah. Her name is Hannah. This person. Is there anybody watching this on Facebook? Yes. Yes, they are. Sorry. I, I turned on the video by accident. Two people. The original stock. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. I see, the, I see the little eyeball, too. Right? There's two people. I see. It's, it's me and you, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's wonderful, huh? isn't it? Right. It's fine. Most people will watch. Yeah. yeah Listen, sir, it's uh, 4.30. I have to start getting ready to go to our friend. Speaking of Eric, yeah. Mr. Trevor Ruffins. Yeah. So I got to go jump in the, uh, do the old three S's. Not going to get too graphic on that one. Too late, man. Too late. <laughs> too late. I'm already imagining it. I did want to play unless you want to save it for the next thing. I wanted to play. Um, I'm, I'm already being knocked down and Sovieted. Uh, okay. You know that video that I sent you, right? My brother. I guess we'll... I, yes, yes, yes. I guess we'll play it next time. We'll play it. Yeah. And also, please remind me, and anybody who's listening, yeah. I want, for the folks who don't, please remind me to speak about a person. Mm -hmm. A person, this is a female person. And her name is... Yeah. Dr. Diana Walsh. Pasulka. Okay. She's a professor at the University of North Carolina. Already. All right. All right, sir. Stay thirsty, my friends. Yes. Apologies for all the interruptions. It's just impossible. Impossible. Today was a you're gonna sew today, it together. Today was a difficult day. I have you're gonna sew the segments together? Yes, that, that's for sure. All right, man. All right, man. Talk to you soon.